Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Star Tracks Edition. I'm Matthew. It's the best edition. I'm Judah. You know, this week um, is the reason that I'm really glad we're doing this project because <laughs> we got five quality episodes that I think <laughs> were competent and confidently delivered and really ex- explore the space in terms of what sci fi is capable of and what it should do and yeah. the, the role it serves in society. And I think why Star Trek is, is kind of the most consistent IP in that area. You know what I mean? Like this was, yep. these were just real good examples of what is good sci fi. So I'm happy we're doing this project. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's all about week 24. Um, I, Boy, do I want to go back to the last episode and edit out how happy I was about one of the episodes that was coming up this week. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was pulling a whoopsie on everybody. This week sucked. It sucked a lot. It was a real bad week, and it sucked. It was not good on any level. It was just a lot of episodes that were both terrible and boring. But we'll get into it. Yep. Yeah, I guess we should just... <clears throat> I mean, just do the goddamn thing. Let's do because, it. Uh, this week... This week's going to be rough. Matt, we watched This Side of Paradise. Oh. All right. The old boys, you know them well. The Kirk and the Spock and the McCoy and all them. They go to Omicron City 3. It's a colony of about 150 people, which kind of makes you wonder why bother. That's not very many people. And uh, those guys are assumed to be long dead because there's some crazy radiation hitting that planet that's supposed to, I don't know, melt human flesh or some nonsense. But when they get down there to investigate this colony, uh, all they find is California. It's just California down there. I mean, it's just, it's just a ranch in the, the hills above Los Angeles somewhere. And um, lo and behold, all those dudes in that colony, they're still kicking. They're all alive, and, you know, that's some weird shit, because Spock is absolutely sure they should be dead. So they run a little investigation. They find every every other animal life on the planet is uh, gone and dead. Only the plants are left. And they're trying to figure this shiz out. And then one of them flowers does a dirty on Spock, does a <laughs> real nasty sticky on him, and he becomes hippie Spock. And it turns out, oh, these flowers, <clears throat> they... They uh they spermed all over the colonists and made them uh made them immune to them radiations I guess but yep. also control their minds and make it so that they want to uh hang out on this planet forever and do something Anyway gradually the rest of the crew gets spermed on by these flowers just a lot just like skeet 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 all over the episode and every time they get it they want to go to the planet and eventually the whole crew beams down from the Enterprise, because uh, they all want to live there. And Kirk gets zapped on the bridge, and so he's uh, he's a hippie for like one quarter of a second before he realizes he just loves the Enterprise way too much. 
so just so much more than could ever allow him to leave it. Yep. And then he comes up with a, a great idea because he gets so mad about it that he's not under the influence anymore that he's going to make Spock real mad, and that's going to the Spock's going to snap out of it. Um. So he calls Spock a half breed in a bunch of different ways, because we've yeah. seen in the past. And Spock gets real mad and beats up Kirk, but then, oh, right as he's about to murder him with a really light bench, he's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm not under the influence of these uh, these fucking porno flowers anymore, and now I'm going to help you. And then they shoot a ray down on the planet or a sonic burst. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. It makes everyone real mad, and there's some brawling, and Sulu does his own stunts. And uh, and then everyone is not free of the influence of these evil, these evil perv flowers. And... Um, even the colonists. And then they're like, hey, I guess we should leave this planet because it's, it's not so good here. Uh, anyway, Spock also had a love interest that was on the planet for some reason. We don't really get that deep into the backstory except that she was into him and he was Spock. And so yep. it didn't go so well and uh, that's part of it. <clears throat> anyway, that's it. Man, I thought you were going to get through that whole thing without talking about Layla. Um, I didn't... She was all over the episode, but I didn't really find her that important to the plot. <laughs> The plot was about the flowers. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, And really, that is what the plot is about. Though I guess what you're supposed to take away from this episode... Mm. I guess. Yep. Is man wasn't meant for paradise. He was meant to fight, etc., etc. Yeah. And that, to me, is fine, I guess. But it's also just something your mean old dad would say. Sure, yes. Like about how you've got it... You kids have got it too easy. Everybody's angry dad, right? Right, exactly. So, that that and, ain't great. And that's based on the uh, everyone's real happy when they're down there. The flowers yep. make them so happy, and it is like an idyllic paradise. Uh, Even it also Spock. makes them healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yes. It undoes past surgeries, for instance. <clears throat> that's a, and that is a very realistic, believable thing that would happen. Yeah, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean, really, the only bad thing about it is it makes them not want to leave that planet. Yeah, I think but that like, is otherwise it. they seem pretty cool down there. I mean, they're not fighting and they're not they're not murdering aliens or anything. So yeah, I mean, they'd be fine down there, except they don't really want to be there. You know, they're so not it's free like will. the spores are exerting a mental influence over them, and that seems to be bad. But that's yeah. not the argument Kirk's making, right? So I gave it a three points okay. for a take. Because I could, I-, I had to give it some points. I could identify it. Yeah, I just it was a take. Think it was amazing. Yeah, I have a, a very similar I have pa- paradise is an illusion or something. You know what I mean? Like it's a hippie idyllic paradise, except that it's not. Right. It ain't real. These flowers just jizzed on, jizzed all over your faces and everything. Um, yeah, they sure did. Really, kind of cynical. Not very useful. Like I don't know what we're supposed to really do with that, but uh, it is sort of Star Trekky. Like. I think I feel like there's a lot of times in TOS and TNG where that someone's tempted by uh, tempted by a situation that seems too good to be true, and then turns out to to, to be too good to be true. Um, yeah, I, I mean, usually in those scenarios, there's something about we have to work hard to get there on our own, or or just you we know keep making our society better, or something like that. Yeah, they it's they, not like they find out why it isn't as good as it seems. It's not usually paradise itself is bad. Yes. Um, and we'll get into the execution, but I gave it a four. I've, it okay. was, uh, it, there was something there, but it, they just didn't do much with it. Yeah. Um, 
Alright, so Paradise is, is an illusion. That could have worked a lot better if anybody actually thought that it was of a Paradise who was not under the influence of the semen bloom. Yep, right. They think it's weird the second they get down there. Yeah, everyone's like, huh, I don't buy it. And then when they get all jizzed, then they're like, oh, this is a great place. So nobody had, like, free will. Nobody thought it was fucking Paradise. Yeah. So that's not, there's not really anything there. And this is, no, you know. They thought it was kind of a shitty farm. That's right. Exactly. It's real. And you're right. Not only is it a ranch, but the homes are extremely ranch style, too. Yeah. You just, you walk up there and you're like, oh, man, this is every shitty California home. There's like a barn. There's no animals. They barely have enough acreage planted. Yeah. No one thinks, man, this is a great, this is like a great place. This is like a super great place that they've got here. So there's nothing for them to like discover or think about. It's just, can we get away from these flowers? Um, otherwise, this was just an excuse to get everybody some, some clips to show off for future acting gigs, right? Uh, I mean, Kirk and Spock both definitely treated this like it was part of their reel. Yeah. You know, this is. And McCoy, getting... too. He's like, I'm just oh, a Southern Georgia boy. I don't like, want to talk about McCoy. I hated him so much in this. Yeah. I hated how he became Jerry Reed. Um, uh, this was towards the end of the first season. Oh, we're getting there? It's not the last episode of the first season. I looked that up so I know what it is. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. Um, but we're we're rolling in, and maybe they thought, you know what, Star Trek's done. Let's start getting some clips together. <laughs> That's right. Because Especially Nimoy's like, look, I've been being emotionless for the last 20 fucking episodes. I just, can I, I want to do something. Right. The last time we saw just any of this was in Naked Time when he was drunk yeah. and... Uh, you know, just like having a little breakdown in the observation lounge or whatever, whatever that room is supposed he to be. Very, Multi-purpose very room A. Sad about some stuff that people said about his dong. Yeah, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they they are. Everyone is acting a lot. What? Because it wasn't anything, right? Because it wasn't anything. If if it's not, if they didn't bother executing on what I what we are supposed to believe is the takeaway based on Kirk's grand speech in the end, then what was the episode? What was it for? What was accomplished? The answer is nothing. So I gave it a two. It's a two. All right. Um. Yeah, boy. Uh, I wrote uh, Kirk really monologues in this one a lot, several times. I mean, he really just lets it. He just lets it all hang out. I mean, at one point, and he is all alone on the ship by himself, so he gets that is some time. True. He doesn't stop talking, giving a real dramatic log entry. Yep. Um, this is the second time that the idea of violent emotions, overwhelming mind control, has come into play. Yeah. And the second time uh, Kirk has touched on a nerve by calling Spock a half-breed. I told you the first time that's something he really thinks, and he only lets it out when it's useful. I, it is 100% the case that he knows that's going to get to Spock. Yes. That's why he picks those words. <laughs> now, if that is his real heart coming out there, I think it is. then he is not a nice man. But we learn in Star Trek Six that he's, you know, he's, he's not perfect. We've all got yeah. our demons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought as an episode of a TV show, this was actually still better than some of the other episodes we watched this week. But Boy. on the whole, it is kind of nothing. Yeah, it's such a um, tough week. I gave it four for execution. Okay. And it, it's a lot of that is for that sort of internal consistency. Like, we're building a rhetoric about mind control here. That's a good point. 
That's true. I don't know how that's going to fit into world building. I didn't have it in my world building, but I yeah. I, I can see how that would have some place. Um, and the, uh, world building, there's actually quite... Not very much at all. There's very, very little <laughs> world building done in this one, right? Well, like, they just go to that planet, so it probably everything is involving that planet would be my so guess. So here, here's what we've got. Here's what we know about the universe. There are spores that can drift through space and land on a world. Yeah. So, space... Spaceborn life? Is this the first spaceborn life? But is it spaceborn, or did it come from... I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah. They just say that, and then no one cares. Uh, <laughs> birth old rays? Sure, we'll never hear those again. Mm. Um, Spock has another name, but it's unpronounceable. Oh, Spock's the short version. Or it's like, or maybe Spock's his last name, or his uh... first name. But he's got a real long... And his first name he's got is... one of those Thai That's what I was exactly going to say. He's got a Thai name. <laughs> Rattana Cornpond or whatever. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, medical scanners are capable of showing uh, old injuries. Right, right. That's not really anything, but it, that's what's in here. Uh, people still have their tonsils and appendices removed. Okay. So it's just a little glimpse into the future of medicine. I thought it was worth about three points on the world-building scale. Yeah, here's what I got. Uh, Berthold rays that eat human flesh. Okay, there was a colony of 150 people. What's the point of that? I already said that. Um, did Spock say he'd seen a dragon one time? Uh, yeah, he did. Hold on. I wrote down did where I, he saw it. Did I hear Berengaria that? 7, he saw a dragon. He, this old boy done seen a dragon? He done seen a dragon. Okay, uh, did we learn about Spock's parents, like, for the first time? That his mom was a teacher and his dad was an ambassador? Or had he already said that stuff before? Uh, that may be some new stuff. I don't know. Um, I also gave it a three. Uh, there wasn't a ton there. It's like they, they made very little effort. I mean, so what... Because we didn't like this episode and we're just blazing through it, what do you think happened here? With this episode? What is the story of this episode? Yeah. Like, uh, how did it... Okay. Was, were they in the writer's room and someone was like, okay, they go to a planet, and then uh, plants shoot spores at them, and then they don't want to leave the planet. But Kirk loves the Enterprise, and he... Yeah. Spores can't get him. So normally the problem is that there's two... The episode's too long, and they don't know how to fill it. And that's a real aggravation. In this one, it kind of seemed like they were taking so much time early on that by the time Kirk gets infected... He fixes himself almost immediately. He, there's no, like, Kirk bat- internal battle. He basically just goes to the uh, transporter room, well, like, a direct from the bridge, and is like, oh, I guess I, uh, right, I'm too so mad, I don't want to go! There's the scene where he's packing in his quarters. And he sees his medal or whatever. And he looks at his uh, science fair ribbon. <laughs> yes, it was very and cheesy. He does hesitate there for a second before he kind of... Just closes it and forgets about it. But how long in the show? I mean, are we talking like three minutes in between? Yeah, that whole the whole scene in between when that plant straight cold ambushes him on the bridge. (laughs) We'll talk about it. (laughs) And uh, and when he gets to the transporter room and like takes one look back and I don't know steals himself and realizes he's going to stay or whatever. Yeah, it it is like two minutes out of a you know fifty two minute show. Okay, and then from the moment that he does that and it cuts to commercial, right? And then right. he comes back, and he realizes exactly what the plan will be the rest of the episode. What are we talking? Thirteen seconds? Wait, yeah, he does another little. He does do another little log there where he announces that he's going to attempt a very dangerous plan. <laughs> and somewhere in that time, he found another one of those. Tra- he found a transporter pipe this time. That's right. 
He's I don't know ready to fight. what all these metal rods are that are just all over the Enterprise. There, uh, he is using them. I think the way they exactly the way they were designed to be used. They are there. They're just for some brawling. They're just clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so like two minutes between when he's infected and when he fixes himself and another 15 seconds between then and when he figures out what the plan will be the rest of the episode. So they really get to that point and then and, they fly. And then they spend about, no, but it slows down again because then after his fight with Spock, they spend about six minutes on Spock's relationship with Layla. That's true. Yeah. Maybe that's where they were putting all the time. I mean, that might be he, my problem he, with this. He talks to her on the surface. He brings her up to the ship. They go to the transporter room. They have their little scene. She snaps out of it, too. Yeah. Then they cut back, and it's like a different fucking episode. Yeah. Kirk and Spock are under the console, and they're about to fire their dangerous ray. Yeah. And and then the and then it sort of barrels to the end real quick after that. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. so they they do they do that. There's like two minutes of melancholy before Kirk snaps out of it. Right. Then he has a big fight with Spock. Then there's like six or seven minutes of Spock and his <laughs> yeah. little relationship. And then they then there's more fighting and then the end. So maybe it's more accurate to say this pacing was an issue. I think I think pacing was an issue in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not consistent from beginning to end. Because I think they... They obviously felt like they had a real episode. They felt like they had a whole episode just with that. And they used it all up. But I think you're right. I think a lot of the time was spent on Spock and this lady. And, like... I mean, who cares? I mean, it's tough to care. It's It's very, very tough to care. Spock clearly cares, but not enough to have, like, I don't know, stayed with her or whatever. So... Right. And we don't... Yeah, well, we'll get into it, okay. because um, all that's left to talk about in this episode is characterization. Uh, so, how did it work for you? Spock has got a lady love with love music and love lighting and all that. It's usually Kirk's gig. Uh, he is taking... Oh, man. He'll show up Shatner and there'll be a lady been so there. pissed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet you won't see another thing like that for a well, while. What if there's a scene where I kiss his girlfriend? <laughs> why, why, would, why would you do that? Uh, why would you do that, Bill? The uh, spores... They uh, awaken her mind to my uh, sexuality. Bill, come on, Bill. Uh, you can I, let him have this one. He He's not even going to kiss her. You can let him have this one. He's supposed to be a half-breed in the show. A woman wouldn't uh, well, love him. I mean, yes, we wouldn't uh, We wouldn't use that language. All right, I'll yes. fight with Spock. My shirt will get ripped. Why, well, no, why would any of that happen? I'll fight just to try. No, the spores on. make you peaceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill. Okay. Uh, my, so I'm gonna, I love the Enterprise, right? As much as any woman. More than any woman. I'm going to snap out of it when I'm, I'm about to give in and I'll go, no! No! Wouldn't it it just make more sense if you were just immune to it? And then, like, you never, no? Uh, You're gonna... It's gonna, it's gonna get me. It's, because it has to, it's gonna look real dire. And then I'll shout no, and... Uh, I'll get in a fight with Spock, still under the influence, I'll sh- my shirt will rip, I'll be real oily, and the the lady will be there, and she'll, she'll the brute sexuality that I, that I will have, she, she's gonna, she's gonna be all, I'll kiss his girlfriend, and that's when she snaps out of it. Alright, we'll talk to Gene, but I, I don't want to do any of that. Gene's, uh, Gene's already on my side, and he said we should add an orgy. So, you know. Talk to Gene that sounds the, like Gene about the orgy. Um, so yes, it's just straight up has all of the uh, characteristic love, uh, everything that that Kirk's girls usually get. He's also crazy sexist. Uh, yeah, Spock, it does happen. Spock has never understood <laughs> the female need to avoid answering a direct question. Right. Yeah. 
he also doesn't understand why they're bad drivers or why they'd be shopping. That's so. That's right. Jesus. Fake Spock in this episode really reminds me of that wonderful Leonard Nimoy song about Bilbo Baggins. Oh, what song is that? In the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. Long with height, fuzzy woolly toes. Lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Oh, is that the one? Is that the song you're talking about? Encourage everybody to watch that 50 times because the video is also baffling. Was that on laughing or something? What was that from? Something nuts where the ladies are dancing like it's the late 60s, but they got Spock ears on. It's all a very weird mess. Yep. Um... Let's see. Spock feels uh, hella guilty after he attacks Kirk, but, like, <clears throat> that was the point of the plan. So why, oh, I don't know why he's... He should be logical enough to see that that was, uh, that was a right. ploy. Um, McCoy and Kirk have a good time talking about how they wanted Spock to mellow out a little. But not like this! Yeah, boy, they do sure enjoy that. Flower sperms McCoy all the way back to Georgia. I mean, is he suppressing that accent the rest of the time? Is that what we're meant to believe? I think we are supposed to believe that. uh, Because, boy, it sure does come out. (laughs) He starts talking about mint juleps and (laughs) and sitting on the porch and drinking a... just a Georgia boy! You're like, ooh. He starts talking about Coco Joe. It's real (laughs) terrible. Uh, Kirk is so hurt and blue about his crew choosing the Jizz Blossoms over him. And... His lady Enterprise. And his love for her won't let him leave, even after he gets real sticky. After yep. that flowers all over him. Um, Kirk's the only one who um, isn't terribly affected, but the rest are impaired. The rest of the whole, the whole episode, which is never going to get points from me for characterization. When it's very troubling under because the influence. The, nothing they do counts. Right. I mean, we had this problem, I'm sure, with the naked time. What, what, We've what had it with, know? like, ten episodes already where people are having weird hallucinations or they're uh, under the influence of aliens give... or... Hold on. Can that be right? I, I give the naked time a ten for characterization. Why did you... What did you do? Who can remember? That was a million years you ago. You have notes on that? Son of a bitch. I might somewhere. Oh, I might man. could dig up those notes. What did you... Why did you do that? A ten? Yeah. Did Kirk do something that was so Kirk that you just felt like it, it that he had to get all the points? Oh, man. Well, I mean, of course, something like that happened. <sighs> all right. What, what week would that have been? Well, so three. I at least find it difficult to hand out a lot of points when everyone's impaired and not acting like themselves. So I gave it three. <clears throat> three points from me. All, just for Kirk. I mean, my notes just say what happened in the naked time. Oh, well. Sulu's a swashbuckler. Spock's all of Spock's emotions. Christine Chapel's love for Spock. Boy, she ain't been around for a while. <laughs> she got drowned uh, out. Kirk and Rand, another person who also was no longer out. is with us. Kirk and Spock, Scotty. Who are, yeah, okay. I didn't write anything useful. Well, I gave this one a three. What did you give it? Uh, I gave it a five. Oh, okay. So, is this is a tough episode because all of the characters aren't themselves, right? All of the good work done here comes from Spock after the fight. Oh, sad and blue Spock. He immediately regrets 
that he no longer has a place where he fits in. Mm. Uh, so he does a lot of work with his sort of isolation, his loneliness. He has a duty to the ship and a duty to that man on the bridge, he says. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's ties to Kirk get in there, too. So, I mean, it's all the all five points are for Spock in this episode. Hmm. Kirk is a clown. And um, yeah, but what about his powerful love? Yeah, for a lady, named I guess. Enterprise. But I mean, that's already come up in the uh, conversations about why he can't walk on the beach with uh, Yo right. Rand. That's right. So th- that's not new. Um, boy, it didn't score a lot. Shouldn't take me long <laughs> to add it up. Uh, so let me just here's here's what I've got. Yeah. Um, uh, Kirk says it's like a jigsaw puzzle, all one color, no key to where the pieces fit in. Why? <laughs> He does again, one of one of his many captain's logs or just weird monologues. Hey, the uh, mutineer, the one they're all standing in line at the transporter room. Yeah, uh, it was our dad. Did you notice that? That, 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 that mutineer like was was our dad in his twenties. He probably doesn't remember even doing that. Yeah, I'd ask him about it, but he'll just he won't know. Uh, you talked about the dragons of Berengaria Seven. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned that Spock is a sexist. I wrote, guess that's why he shouted the women that one time. <laughs> that's right. This is all consistent. Uh, a Sp- a Spock bent that transporter pipe, so, like, do they have to fix that now? Yeah, if it's just for brawling, they can probably just replace it. Okay. Who I guess cares? the same, like, with the bench. <laughs> yes, the, the very light bench. Um, very, Seriously, very... if he hit Kirk with that bench, what, is, what are we looking at in terms of damage to Kirk? I mean, the mm. thing must have weighed, like, a pound. Yeah, probably not much. Uh, a, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I lost I, it. I interrupted. I apologize. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Um. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Guys, it's unraveling. Uh, I guess that, I guess that uh, L.A. Ranch House must have been cheap, right? Uh, yeah, it looked kind of It crappy. was pretty poor. Uh, they really started the beginning with suspenseful music. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be an important. When they're going to the to the dead colony. Yeah. Uh, the stunt doubles were very terrible. Well, the only I think they were mostly stunt doubles except for uh, Sulu. Yes, Sulu but I, particularly in the in the Kirk Spock fight, oh, I thought they yeah, were yeah, below yeah. average quality. They weren't good. And by the way, there are other ones this week too. Yeah, I noticed some. <clears throat> oh, did you did you happen to see another couple of bad stunt doubles <laughs> somewhere else one. this week? Maybe maybe in conspiracy. <laughs> I love that. It was fun. I'm going to do um, the sad math on okay. this. Yeah. So why don't you, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins? Um, <clears throat> all right. I'll bite. Who's the douche of the week sitting next to Sulu? So, boy, they said his name. I think it's Painter, but it does not come up again. Yeah. Uh, then I have, hey, look, it's California. Uh, yeah, I also have, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, all one color, blah, blah, blah. Uh, McCoy did a, Captain, I think you should see this. Yeah. He did it hard. And um, I don't appreciate that he's he's continuing that practice. Um, let's see. Let's see. Everyone was jizzed. I already talked about that. Sabotaged. He does say sabotaged he, he in this one. He mentions that uh, uh, Uhura sabotaged the bridge. 
subject of a famous re- bootleg recording of, of, uh, <laughs> him of him arguing on, with the director. arguing on the bridge with the director. And the guy says, uh, uh, "Sabotage, Bill." And he angrily replies, "You say sabotage, I say sabotage," which yeah. is uh, always a great argument. <laughs> That's just how we meant to say it. So shut up. Yep. Uh, so that flower on the bridge. Yeah, you know, it wasn't there in either of the bridge establishing shots. No, but while he's given his very long, sad captain's log about how everyone left him, that flower does a fucking guerrilla warfare, and it gets hella stealth and sneaks right up to the chair. And as he's finishing his captain's log, well, I guess he's finishing it because he gets jizzed, it squirts, like, right in his eyes. Yep. Like a fucking criminal pervert, this thing just totally stalks him. Oh yeah, it gives him like a straight up like a cobra. It hella spits that shit right at him. It is uh, hilarious. Um, why doesn't Kirk have a phaser handy for his scary Spock plan? No, no shit, right? He's like, I'll like just in case it goes killed. wrong, and he can call up, like just bring McCoy up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, try like, someone Spock else. Spock seems like a wild choice. <laughs> right. I'll choose the one who's strongest, who will probably murder me within the first minute of this fight. Bring up, bring up uh, Yeoman uh, Tamura and slap her around a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, get her real mad. And then when she's out of it, Actually, maybe she knows. He needs Spock to make the subsonic something or other say, that he thought that of, but he, he thought of it. it. Yeah, because he's got the plan. Does he? If he just needs hands, yeah. Why couldn't he just do. bring McCoy up, beat him up, and then get him to, like, I don't know, pump dudes full of adrenaline or something? Yeah, something. I, yeah, it's a... It's a bizarre. Well, again, he doesn't take any time coming up with the plan, so he maybe yeah. should have thought about it. Um, there's a half-breed remark again. Um, what does it mean that Spock should be squatting in a mushroom? Uh, Is that yeah, that's from a, something? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you should be squatting like, in a mushroom! It's because of his ears, right? Like he's like a gnome or a fairy or something? But yeah, it's what? I was like, oh, I oh, I know you're, you're like ad-libbing. But that, I don't know what that means. I mean, he definitely calls him, like, an elf with a thyroid disorder or something, right? Like, <laughs> yes, gl- yeah, yeah, something like that. Glandular disorder. So that's all I had, aside from all the stuff we already covered. Uh, who was the MVP of this for you? Oh, yeah, good question. It's got to be Kirk, obviously. He's the only one who doesn't get fully, fully fucked up, and he comes up with the uh, dangerous and stupid plan that saves the day. So. I mean, his love for the ship is strong enough to it's snap him out of this. Yeah. Okay, uh, I gave the best actor to Spock. Not a lot of choices this week to go around. Yeah. I didn't think I would. I was tempted to give it to Sandoval, but like, because <laughs> he was in he it, he didn't. He didn't really do anything. <laughs> no. It's hard to give it to the guest actor just for not shitting his pants. <laughs> That's right. I did give worst actor to Kirk. He really has some stinkers in this one. His monologue about losing the ship is very bad. Yep. And uh, then, of course, of course there is uh, the jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> what did that even... Okay. All one color. Yeah. No key is to where the pieces fit. Why? why? It's the why. Long I laughed. Drew. It was late at night when I had that on, and I laughed very loud when he said <laughs> why. Like It was exactly like... as he stares out a window yeah i really enjoy his solo work but i can't say that it's good yeah i guess that's a very fair assessment um all right what did the stinker get so so i gave it 15 you gave it 12 that's not good uh it scored all of 27 i'm just gonna roll back through the weeks um the last time a tos had one that bad uh yep well 
it's happened exactly twice okay. that a TOS episode has been worse than a 27. We gave Mud's Women a 26. Deserves to be worse. It was a very bad episode. We were way apart on that one because I gave it 17 and you gave it 9. Oh, yeah. That's, we usually are not that far apart. That's true. That's un- unusual. And we gave Shore Leave a 23. Uh, I gave it 13, you gave it a 10, so that's still the worst episode so far. (laughs) It was almost criminal how bad the writing was in that episode. It was particularly bad. Uh, The total is 27. Um, Most weeks, that would not have a shot. Yeah, that's right! (laughs) This week it is remotely possible that that could win. Everything else was was very bad. Um, Did, did Did we get anything from Ben? We did not get notes from Ben. Dude, this what week. happens if uh, we have like a shitty tiebreak situation where they're so shitty but they tied? Well, well, then, well, listen. We eventually got notes for last week from Ben. Oh, okay. so All right. if he gives us some notes this week, we can use them for a tiebreaker. Unless he has a tie, in which case no, I, uh, I think we can stop doing this. That's right. right. That's that is what breaks the chain. <laughs> the cycle <laughs> will finally be broken. Uh, we can figure it out if it comes to it. We'll we'll get another Twitter poll up that only Ben will answer. Right. <clears throat> uh. Well, we have four more. This week we also watched Conspiracy. Uh, The Enterprise is on its way to Pacifica. And on the bridge, Data doesn't get jokes. What a surprise. Um, But what he does get is a secret message, code 47, Captain's Eyes Only. And it's from Picard's old friend, Walker Keel, the bravest, bravest of his Yes, race, thank you. <laughs> who asks him to go to Ditalix B and delivers the ominous warnings, something is beginning, and don't trust anyone. <laughs> yes. Uh, Picard orders uh, orders the uh, course change uh, in secret, by the way, to Ditalix B. And when they get there, there are two frigates and also Keel's ship. Uh, an ambassador class. Do they say it's a heavy cruiser? I think they say it's a battle cruiser. Battle cruiser in orbit. <clears throat> Picard beams down alone and is greeted by the uh, captains of those three ships. And they ask him um, personal questions to verify that he's really Picard. Yeah, they do. And then they start um, talking uh, Dave Emery style conspiracy theory nonsense <laughs> mm-hmm. about um, strange doings in the Federation. Yeah. Uh, weird orders, mysterious deaths, etc. Uh, so Picard, they don't give Picard anything to go on here. They really don't. You think if you're going to call a big meeting together on a secret planet or whatever, you're going to like, you're going to hey, have I broke, something. I broke protocol and called you here. Yeah. I dragged your ass all the way out here. And the, by the way, half of the known Federation fleet is sitting right here right now. <laughs> That's right. Exactly correct. Yeah. We don't know how many ships there so, are, but there the aren't only a ships. The only ship we know exists that isn't here is the Hood. That's right. So... Uh, and I guess the Stargazer, although who knows what they've done with it so far. Well, wasn't it lost? Oh, that's right. They got it back. Yeah, they got, no, it, they back got it back in season one. Yeah, yeah, um, So Picard leaves. Um, but he has a little conversation with Troy about friendship, in which Troy basically tries to tell him to just cover his ass and not get involved with this. Mm-hmm. Which is not... It's not late season Troy, for sure. Yeah. Troy, um... But, yeah, we'll get into Troy. Uh, but he does tell Data to uh, go ahead and check all them records for anything screwy. But immediately, they pick up a disturbance in Sector 63 and find that the Horatio has been all blown up. Yeah. 
So at that point, he thinks maybe there's something to it, and he tells Riker what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a very dumb scene, Data realizes he's talking to himself, and then explains that behavior to the computer until the computer tells him to shut up. That's right, the computer pulls a Riker. Yeah. So, uh, Data shows up in the observation lounge and explains that there is a pattern of un- unusual activity Namely, that uh, commanders are being shuffled out and replaced with people who are close to certain high-ranking members of Starfleet Command Mm -hmm. in one particular area, which he says is probably a prelude to invasion. They are, him and Riker seem pretty clear on that. Right. Despite the real because weak evidence. it really just seems like a, a faction yes. is forming in Starfleet. I, I have written down maybe coup d'etat would be a better term for it, if, if that's what they're worried about, but... I guess maybe the geographic <laughs> nature of it is confusing. Like Makes it seem like it's an invasion and not just a coup. Yeah. Because you think if it was a coup, it would just be sort of centered around Earth. I don't know. I anyway. Don't know. Uh, Picard decides he's had enough and he's going to go to the Earth and ask him, ask everybody what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So That's a good plan. Uh, it's the kind of plan that you'd get, um, you know, based on what's happened in the beginning of the episode, when you know that you're not going to do a two-parter. Yes. You're like, well, I guess we gotta fucking solve this. Uh, oh, fuck like it. The... Let's just go talk to him. We got 20 minutes to solve this, so let's go. Right. This episode is not named Clues, so we're gonna... <laughs> right. <laughs> we're just gonna go ask. Uh, they get to Earth. Uh, three admirals invite him down to, to dinner, and then their old uh, Picard's old buddy Quinn beams up. Yeah. He and was he's got a little episode... bug in a case. He's in episode five or six episodes ago. Yep. And he immediately gives the game away to Picard. Uh, so Picard uh, tells Riker to watch him and then beams down. Right. Uh, then I don't know if Quinn knew he was outed or just these guys are just cannot be cool. I think it may be that the the guys who have the parasites in him just can't be cool because he immediately starts telling Riker about this new and superior <laughs> form of life that he's got with him. Yeah, it's because he because wa- Riker walks in and looks over his shoulder and goes, "Hey, what you got there?" Hey, it's a bug thing. You got some kind of bug in bug? there? You got a bug in your case. Yeah, it's like a little salamander or something. Should what I, is that should guy? I call ship services? Looks like you got a bug in here. Uh, anyway, uh, Quinn beats the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Breaks tables, all kinds of just shit. Just roundhouse kicks and shit. It's fucking awesome. It's a very cool fight, uh, <laughs> which we will talk about probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, down on the planet... I think the uh, the admirals try to get under Picard's skin by toasting to the Horatio, which Damn. it's not clear how they even knew about it. But I guess uh, they blame it on Walker Keel. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I don't, it doesn't matter. The scene doesn't matter. Picard was already suspicious. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, back on the ship, Quinn is also beating up Jordy and Worf now. <laughs> yep. Well, For some reason, they answered Riker's security summons. I feel like your your explanations of the episode are getting so long that they include many of my quick hitters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they call for security, and who and comes running? Jordy and Worf. Jordy and Worf, of course. <laughs> um, but don't worry, Beverly also shows up, yeah. but she thought to bring a phaser, yeah. so she just stuns Quinn uh, until good. he's a sleepy boy. Yeah. Stuns him a bunch. Uh, let's see. They discover that Quinn is being controlled by the little bug man, and that there's a telltale, like, blue fin that sticks out of people's neck. Yes. So, she calls Picard and tells him about that, but then, like, 
I don't know what was he supposed to do about that. Anyway, Riker shows up at the dinner. Oh, Trila Scott's there, so I guess she was the betrayer. Yeah. Did I say her name? She was one of the frigate captains. She was, yeah, she was the what the youngest ever to make captain or something. That's what they say, according to uh, Picard. Yeah, but when Picard talks about that, he asks it as if it's not a fact that's verifiable. <laughs> like, it's like, just they legend. Say you're the youngest to make captain, <laughs> right. present company included. I never looked it up because I'm busy. I heard it once somewhere. Someone told me, and I was going to look at Wikipedia, but then I I got real. I got I went to Wikipedia, but then the article of the day was the you was the. HMS Hood, and so I've, you know, I got sucked into a whole thing about service warships. Exactly. Uh, Riker shows up and pretends very badly to be one of them. One of the parasite guys. Well, they go for it. But but for all of 45 seconds. Yeah. Because as soon as he realizes he's going to have to eat some dang old worms, (laughs) he just pulls his phaser out and starts shooting people. Yep. Uh, one of the admirals uh, gets away. Aaron. <laughs> I and, heard that as well. <laughs> uh, and Riker and Picard chase his ass down, and when they shoot him, his bug comes out and they follow it, and it goes right into old Commander Remick's mouth. Yeah, it turns out it's Remick. He's the mothership. Remember so, how much they uh, didn't like him the last time he was on board yep. in, uh, interrogating everybody? Well, yep. they don't like him. The mother creature is inside of him. Mm. So, Picard and Riker look at each other and immediately murder him. <laughs> yeah, they do. He's talking about how they want peaceful, peaceful coexistence. Peaceful coexistence. And it's sinister for sure, but they do a murder. Yeah, yeah, they don't bother to talk. They don't engage him on that. And then they murder the alien that was in him. The Muppet? Yes. <laughs> the polymorph from Red Dwarf. It really specifically. is. It is almost exactly that. Um... That's enough to uh, release everyone who had one of those things in it from their thrall. Quinn's back to his old self. Uh, but Data announces that Remick was busy sending a message to an unexplored sector of the galaxy Uh-oh. and that it was a homing beacon. Suspenseful end. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What's this dang old episode about, Matt? Oh, Biscuit! <laughs> uh, here's what I have written down. But what's it about, dog? <laughs> Believe your old friends? What does Picard say about Keel? Friendship must dare to risk? Otherwise, it's just a suspense action mystery episode. So I went with Friendship must dare to risk. That can't um, be I mean, what I, the episode's about. It's, I mean, it's definitely not, right? Because <laughs> uh, but after one second of arriving at Earth, he has 50 other evidences. So Yeah, I don't. I just don't. Otherwise, what's what else is to take? There are conspira- the conspiracies happen. You gotta wa- well, watch out for the old admirals. Uh, I, why I don't gave, you tell me what you thought? I Friendship it, must dare to risk was worth. I gave it a I gave it a two for existing. All right, and then I will tell you that my take was conspiracy theories are usually nonsense, but I guess sometimes they aren't. There you go. And I also gave it a two. Nice. All right. Hey, they did pretty good considering. Old AA Ron down on the planet. <laughs> It's like, or maybe it's Aaron. Maybe it's the Vulcan Admiral Savar. Is uh, like, well, that's the wonderful thing about conspiracy theories: when they're real, no one knows, and when when people know about them, they're almost never real. He really, it's like, they really, you guys could stop acting sinister. Picard already knows. <laughs> yeah, they must know he already knows, or else what the hell are they doing? They do know he knows, because they know that he was at that meeting, yeah. because Trila Scott is one of okay, them. Okay, so then they're just taunting him the whole time. So they're yeah, they're just, just being insane. shitheads. Ugh, anyway. 
Um, They're just being maximum douche. I mean, it's that's the only thing that's happening here. What, what, so, are we in execution? What are we doing? What, what did you think of this fucking thing? All right, so I give it a plus one for continuity from coming of age. Nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. So there's been. It's it's less impressive when there's continuity in Enterprise, but it's still kind of refreshing. Yeah. But in TNG, there's just not any continuity. I mean, there's like five episodes that reference previous episodes in the whole 176-episode run. As we've discussed in that dumb book that we should never have read, uh, it talks about how there were direct notes from everybody involved, that there was not to be any any references to past episodes or right. whatever. So, But I also gave it a minus one execution penalty here mm. for the melodramatic ending where the ship rolls off screen and you just see beeping over a star field very bad very bad again if you're going to do filmmaking techniques they have to work okay all right i've penalized deep space nine on several occasions for this i feel like that was tng's first attempt to be creepy first attempt at creepiness well this is a dumb horror episode right yep so this is what i wrote they pulled out all the suspense and horror stops here but the best part of the episode is the beginning when Picard is not buying into this shit and trying to do business as usual. It's true. The worst part is the dinner and the puppet show. I think that's a good way to put it. I think I think we've talked about this before. I think the thing we like most about TNG is when they are just going about their business. Yep, when they're just like, it's just a place I want to work. Yeah, you just want to work with them. They seem competent. They know what they're doing. Like, this is the best of the best. These guys. I are just want to sh- be, like, a second shift engineer. Yeah, just hanging out. You see Jordy every once in a while. Yeah, I want to be one of those guys who's, like, looking at a glass that's got finger marks melted into it and going, what could have caused that? <laughs> that's right. Well, I got a new project. Yep. I want to be busy. Uh, I gave it a three for execution. <clears throat> All right. So I have, the take is nothing. So, yeah. general execution. It, they're definitely trying to make it feel like an extra special episode. So, yep. while the credit, while the cards are still coming up, the ship is like whooshing by, and there's dramatic music in it. Yes, they're indeed. like, "Hey, this there is a to do. Something is happening here." And again, what I was talking about earlier, from the beginning, the scope and the tone make you think that maybe this is going to be like some kind of two parter, mm-hmm. or like they're they're going for it. Or, like, it's going to have any ramifications at all in yeah, the universe? like, it's, it's something will happen. Even when they realize the Horatio's been destroyed, the tone is more serious than anything that's happened yet in the series. When they're sitting on the bridge, like, oh, shit, wait, a Starfleet battlecruiser blew up? Right, like, we, and they did not treat us to a look at it. No, just the shitty debris. Yep, so we don't know yet what an Ambassador-class starship looks like. But don't worry. So I appreciate that. I like that. I like that they were trying to do a thing, at least in the first few, few scenes. Even though, even though it didn't really deliver. I, it's in the first few scenes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I also liked Remick as the 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 bad guy mothership because we already didn't like that guy. Also, we're kind of left wondering how long he's been a wormo. It is true. There's a lot to think about. What like, if he was a wormo even when he was on the Enterprise the first time? And he's, when Quinn was warning them, did yeah. he know that Remick was the source of his problems? Or did he not know at all and Remick was just sitting there watching the whole time, sabotaging his investigation? Maybe he did find shit on the I, Enterprise. I know you meant to say sabotage. Sabotage, sorry. Well, I, he says sabotage. I say sabotage. Okay. Um. So we we already didn't like him, but maybe he was just overzealous, is what we thought. But I don't know, maybe he was a wormo the whole time. Uh, and the chilling reveal at the end, you know, these dudes are from another part of the dang galaxy, but they'll be back. I mean, we're sure they'll be back. I mean, 
why else would they send a homing beacon? Yeah, and we get the beeps at the end, and the tone is real scary, so, like, those guys are coming back. They prepped all those commanders for that invasion. Still, it is plagued by some real horror movie nonsense, in that most of the characters are rash fools the whole time. And it's all based on jumps and scares and dumb stuff. Um, it doesn't make any sense, and it also makes it less scary or impactful. I give it a five. I give it as high as a five. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I oh, did. wow. I did indeed. Well, how about world building, then? Uh, let's talk about star dates for a minute. So this is... Yeah, well, sure. This is 41775.5. So, yes. in TNG, you got the... It's, it's all fours, right? Starts with yes. four. That's and how the, far the we The next got. number corresponds to the season. The next one is definitely for the season, and I think the seasons are supposed to be as long as calendar years. Right. They're there's they're meant to be a year. Okay. So this is seven se, this is about seven seven five one thousandths of the way through the year. Yeah, but we only have one episode after this. Uh that is true. Okay. Hold on. Let me just see uh So they're let not me just see how far we are through the current year. I don't think we um I don't As th- you know I keep track of that. Yes. <laughs> so I don't think that it's really meant to be like um spaced out. Evenly, which makes sense. No. It would be really weird if you had, like, every well, two weeks something The numbers were happened. sequential, but kind of assigned randomly. Yeah. Uh, it's currently uh, 2017.8183. Okay. So we're talking about late September, probably. Yeah. Roughly when this episode takes place. And um, I just figured since this is a nerd show, we, uh, we'd never done a deep dive on the, on the star dates. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's kind of how it's supposed to work. And so, like, in season seven, it would be four seven something. Um, Maybe they didn't want to go home and have everyone be like, like, Starfleet Academy's all decorated for Christmas. <laughs> just want to avoid all things like that. Right. B5, because it's better, it just has regular ass dates, and they do talk about Christmas at the end of season two. Uh, well, so does Enterprise. What do you want? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't want th- Enterprise. That's for this, sure. This week's Enterprise episode is February 18th, 2152 or something. I also so. have that written down, yeah. Uh, anyway, just always talk about it. In the original series, they seem uh, uh, different, but I don't know how, I know how it, it's all supposed to work. Uh, they are a little different. They don't... If you assume that a season is not a year, they do roughly run over the course of a five-year mission. Okay. So, it, accidentally, because it was definitely an accident, <laughs> That's right. it is possible to map them out over an entire five years. Okay. Um, Alright, on to Code 47. That's uh, Captain's yep. Eyes Only, fuckers. Also, there's no record kept of it, which seems shitty, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a top-secret code. It's yeah. weird that 47 is the one. Uh, Do you think it's in the same list of codes as Transporter Code 14? Uh, there, It's in the appendix of codes. It's just in a okay. different section because this is a communication code or something. Um, Ditalix B is where you have, like, street racing, I guess. <laughs> it's where everyone meets up for the super-secret street races. Sure. Right? I mean, you get there, and the ships are all kind of pointed at each other or whatever. Did we see them? No, we don't see them. Okay, well, anyway, they're all just hanging out there. You imagine that scene, because it would have been cool if we'd seen yeah, them. It would have been real nice. What, what those two frigates look like? Yeah, what were they? What class and were they? What uh, what an Ambassador-class battlecruiser looks like. Yeah. Um, it's also a system named after a mining colony, a mining, mining company, corporation, sorry, mining company. So what is the Federation and what exactly. is the economy? Yep, for sure. How does it all work? What the fuck? 
Uh, Trila Scott, Captain Ricks, ship classifications, including Battlecruiser. It's coming too quick to take notes on these first scenes. That is. Uh, shit ain't right in the Federation. Lots of sudden deaths, weird behavior, reassignments. Uh-oh. Continuity points, son. Admiral Quinn tried to warn him. Um, Data and Riker are talking about a clandestine attempt to control... Okay, uh... Does the computer just close the thing you're looking at when you ask it something? Because Data has to, like, resume? Yeah, he's afterwards. he's reading, and he asks the computer a question, and the whole file shuts down. Yeah, that sucks. That's a If that's true, that sucks thing. a dick. Do, well, you, know, you know what, though? That happens, though, if you ask Siri a question. That is just Siri, just Siri's dumb screen? Yeah, why does Siri Siri's need a screen? Siri's dumb screen pops up. Why does Siri need a screen to pop up? Well, it doesn't make any sense either. It's a verbal interface. You have you've got the Alexa thing that doesn't have a screen, so yeah. I don't know if that happens with Alexa. Um, Alexa, don't it can't hear you, thank God. Um, okay. Alexa, buy Jolly Ranchers. It seems really inconsistent. If I'm like listening to uh, uh, like a Pandora station or something, half the time when I pause and a- or when I ask it who who it is, um, the music will play quietly in the background, and half the time it won't play at all in the background. So I can't figure huh. out how it works, but. Um, <clears throat> sorry, yeah, that would be hella shitty. Good thing Data is, like, uh, good at remembering things, so he probably knows what where he was in that file. Um, yeah. Stun setting. Uh, let, me, uh, let me ask you a question, mm. for real. Mm. This is something I've never thought of until now. Okay. Why does Data read off of the computer? Why doesn't he just download that shit in his brain? Yes, what is the point of using his uh, synthetic eyeballs to look at the words Is, on is the it screen? just to be more human? Is that why he sneezes also? Because, like, I know he's got that shit set up. Like to to read real fast, but mm-hmm. like, couldn't you just download it? Yeah, couldn't you just transfer it? Couldn't it just beam the file into his brain electronically? I definitely got the feeling that what Soon was going for was less. Here's a really good Android, and more. Here's something that'll creep you out. Yeah, here's here's the uncanny valley. Here is a real real fucking bummer of a thing that I made for you. I gave him yellow eyes for no reason. He's fucking creepy, right? Isn't he gross? Look at him. Yeah. Oh, he sucks. He's doesn't he suck? He doesn't understand half the shit you're going to say to him. And he's like, he. I could just have him download the programs, but I'm going to have him speed read them in front of you. His hair looks human, but try to put that hair on any human. It won't look right. It doesn't look right at all. It'll immediately give away that it's a stunt double. I didn't put his circuitry under his uh, scalp. I just put Christmas lights. Yep. That's it. Just Christmas lights. Just a lot of people. LEDs that don't do anything. So I definitely got the sense that Soon was just a piece of shit. And not, oh, we know he sucks. He was not looking to make like the best Android anybody ever made. We know he sucks because lore sucks That's and data right. sucks. <laughs> and the before sucks. Who programmed so, these want? shitters? You know who. And Juliana, what's her name, doesn't suck that much, but... She also doesn't seem really fully functional to me. Because yeah. if she knows what she is, she stops working. So... Yeah, that sucks. That's a problem. He's bad at it, basically. Oh, uh, you're still doing world Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, stun settings. They don't hurt these fuckers. Something about adrenal glands? I don't know, all that shit. Um, yeah. Why, as humans, would they need to eat worms? Why couldn't they keep getting regular sustenance? I, I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Do they like the taste and texture of worms? Be- How, why would their little I, brains like that? I don't understand. I don't get it at all. If all they need is yeah. fuel for the body, then whatever they were regularly eating should have been fine. But yeah. it might have just been to fuck with Picard. I think it was or, all to fuck with Picard. Now that I think about it, it does turn Riker against them, so maybe that's the test. Oh, if you're really a weird wormo, then you'll want to eat these other wormos. I love the idea that that Vulcan Admiral's like, no human would eat worms. (laughs) He called it! Riker just goes, uh, yeah, I'm not going that far. I'll pretend up to this point. Oh, the fucking horror noise when Picard opens that thing. 
and then like it just builds and he pushes it away. It's just high pitched violin strings. It's very bad. I give this as much as a five because um, there was definitely reason to believe a lot of this shit would matter and come back again. And because huh. this was already episode two of this arc, and I, I, I just I think we were supposed to think that this was all going to be important for some reason. I mean, yeah, definitely we were supposed to think that. They I were got, building a he, world, but they never used it. <laughs> from the stuff on your list, uh, the only thing that I got in world building to add to that is it is unusual for a starship to return to Earth. Yes. It does seem like they just popped in and everyone was like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Uh, they give a, Picard gives a log entry where he says it's unusual for a starship to return to Earth. Mm-hmm. And so is that, that world is building the, or stupid? Because we know space docks there. It's world building, right. but uh, it is the only thing coming out of this that I've been thinking about. <laughs> yeah, just uh, how often yeah. ships go back to Earth. You know. Right. Like, oh, that's that's like a weird policy. Like they've just got stuff to do out there, and there just aren't enough of them. And yeah, I don't know. We know that they're mostly built at Mars, so... Right. That's not far. That's just down the street. But then, like, we don't station our aircraft carriers in D.C., you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's true. But we know space dock's there. That's all I'm saying. We know that there is an Earth space dock, yeah. yeah. And that the entire Enterprise can fly inside of it if it needs (laughs) to. It is a giant motherfucker. It's a big structure. I wonder what mining, or what company built that. How does the economy work? Nice the the Enterprise know. is 42 decks tall. That's a big one. I mean, it's also a weird shape. It's, it's a sleek. weird shape for sure, but like, it's wider than it is tall. The one that comes after is sleeker and has fewer decks. That is true. Yeah. But longer. Well, days. does it? Or is Riker fighting that guy down in the bowels of deck 108? <laughs> like the uh, old Enterprise? The Enterprise right. A? <laughs> yeah, like in the Enterprise A when they take the turbo lift, <laughs> when they shoot up the turbo shaft and the Numbers are getting higher as they go up, which is wrong, which is the and wrong they way. pass deck 72. Yep, and you're like, well, there are definitely not 72 decks. I'm confused about how this works. Anyway, we'll, we will um, definitely but, get to the movies. Everybody stay tuned. So here's the thing. Um, I agree with everything you said, that this must seem important. It's part two of an arc, but I hate dumb conspiracy mm, right. sure. stuff. So I only gave it as much as a three for world building. Okay. Well, do you think uh, how the characters perform? Well, we're back to um, annoying data. He even irritates the computer in this one. Yes. Uh, And we have an episode here where Troy's on the bridge, but her powers aren't worth anything, and she's not at all helpful. Yep. Uh, Crusher shoots a guy, and Riker and Picard nod at each other before they do a murder. They they, they did a murder. I gave it a two. Data doesn't get jokes. You already mentioned that in the uh, intro. He's always hella sarcastic and angry, but humor eludes him. That's right. He also doesn't know what a moonlight swim is, even from context. That one's tough, huh? From context. The credits are still... He thinks she means she's going to try and swim in moonlight. Yep, you dummy. You fucking idiot. Of course that's not what she means. Credits are still rolling, and we've already had far too much data. Yeah. Then he's mad excited when he gets a special project. Just, like, so pleased that Picard has brought this to him. Yep. Uh, Like you said, even the computer shuts data down. I bet Riker asked Wesley to program that in. Because Riker is always (laughs) half-pissed off at data in every scene that they're in together. That's probably true. (laughs) Hey, Wesley, can you make it so the computer tells data to shut up? Hey, Wesley, I've got a special project for you. I don't... 
I don't like Data, Wesley. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I don't like the guy. I don't like him, and I think we should prank him. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay, I never give Brent Spiner compliments, but I did like the way he eyed the computer after it shut him down. Yeah, if he's got emotions, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the problem, yes. <laughs> no, I agree. I saw that. Um, I saw that, and I thought, fucking Spiner, he cannot not... Oh, I know. He can't not ham it up. Then he knows the aphorism about... Wait till you see the one where Jordy's getting electrocuted, and he fucking <laughs> throws him, and then he goes, Ugh. <laughs> Wait till you see it. <laughs> I've seen it. The noise is not on camera, but the face is. And you know what face I made when I made that noise. Oh, yeah. I've seen it a million times from Spiner. He can't not do it. (sighs) Worst person to be cast for this role. They should have made Dorn the android. Yeah. And then gotten rid of the character of Worf. Yes, because we don't need Spiner as Worf for sure. Or just brought Tony Todd in to be Worf. You know what I mean? All right. So you've already made the show so much better. We've replaced Spiner. He's gone. Yep. Yep, and we know Dorn can act, and so we, and I think he can probably act like a robot better. I know Tony Todd can act too. I yeah, know oh for can. sure. I saw him in The Rock, and guess what? I saw him in a DS9 episode where he plays Jake as an old man, and it's he does amazing. Also, he's Kern. He's yes, he is Kern. Um, and the Candyman. Look, what do you want? He's the a, guy's everything. He's all the things. He's all the things to everything. He's my everything. That's all. <laughs> You're my Tony everything. Todd is my everything. You're my everything, Tony Todd. Um, <laughs> then he okay. Data knows the aphorism about the left and right hands not knowing what the other was doing. So yep, unprompted, he knows that one. It's, mm, as always, what is Data? <laughs> also, his big thesaurus run that he employs against the computer is unprompted. <sighs> hey, what's What's data? Yeah. What's well? How does he work? I'm really data is to a get device intended to irritate me. <sighs> All right. Uh, I'm just gonna try to move on. Worf doesn't like swimming because it's too much like bathing. Yeah, that sucked. That's a big step back from a previous Worf, right? All right, but when he gets into that room with Quinn, you can tell he has been waiting for this moment. He wants yep. to punch. Yep. He's always told he shouldn't punch, and now he's like, I get to punch now. Now, he did get his ass kicked, but, you know, he was a and, special alien. And Quinn does that thing that all sinister people do that is a little racist, where he's like, come at me, Klingon. I know, always. They never say come at me, Hugh. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. Do people say I come mean, at me, Hugh? I don't they know. The something. Ferengis might or something. Yeah, the racist aliens do. But if you... If you were like, come at me, Chinaman, everyone would go, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Maybe these aliens are hella racist. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, they're going to do that 50 more times in all of Star Trek, so just keep an eye out for it. Picard is sassy with these other captains. What do I win? Is what he says when he he answers one of their questions. Then he not so humbly includes himself in the list of Starfleet's finest. That is right. Which is awesome. I've never been loyal enough to a company to know what Picard's facing when his old friends suddenly ask him to sus- suspect and keep shit from his bosses. I, I usually yeah. don't like the company I work for, so I'd be like, oh yeah, for sure, some shit is weird, let's burn this fucker down. Picard will definitely come to show basically disdain for all admirals. Yes. Well, he meets some And his interactions ones. so far haven't been amazing with them. Yeah. I mean, Quinn put him on trial. 
And they were and old then, friends. Uh, Jameson was a real shit. Yeah. So, I feel like it wouldn't be that, and he's been court-martialed. I feel like it wouldn't be that hard for Picard to, uh, well, he's to then keep, he, keep some shit quiet from admirals. Then he does a really good job of telling those guys that they're crazy, and he's just going to go back and do his job. Because then, I, definitely, I I would have been like, yeah, no, for sure, shit is weird, and let's let's fuck these guys up. Let's break this federation. That's what I would have said. If some dudes brought you to a cave and they were like, "Listen, man, ten people died this year." Well, if they said, at "Or my people company, are getting weird orders, buddy." If they said, "Hey." Ten people, ten of your people in your organization died, and everyone's getting weird orders and getting replaced and shoveled out. I what I'm saying is I don't have the loyalty that Picard has because I would be like, oh, that is fucking weird. What do you want me to do? How can I fuck <laughs> these? How can I break this? Sh- I want to take them down. Man, good to know you're just down. <laughs> I'm always down. Um, Troy believes in this conspiracy even less than Picard. Yep. She accuses them of deliberately luring him there to tell him some nonsense. But what yep, does she, she is, think they're doing? She is one iota of decorum away from just making a wanking motion in the reading room. <laughs> what is she what is what does she think is happening? I don't know. She thinks we'll that they're never a bunch know of crazy assholes. Because she disappears from the episode. Yeah. You'd think her betazoid powers would come in handy, but no one asks her. No. Nope. Not important. Um uh, I mean he looks at her when they talk to the admirals and she's like Somebody's hiding something, but I can't tell what's going on. Yeah. Fuck. Picard telling Riker, I don't know, just do it, was awesome. Uh, he's tired of babysitting this little shit, and he has to point out to Crusher that one does not just beam down to Starfleet Command armed. Yep. Um, yeah, she's like, set your phaser on kill. Stun won't do anything. And he's like, I don't have a fucking phaser. He was, he was pretty, I think he was tired of everybody this week. He was Literally sassy you take with a phaser everyone. to the space pentagon. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not how it works. Bever, Bev. That's not how it works. Uh, Crusher, hello, wanted to see Walker Keel. I hope she doesn't have any special tension with him, too. Oh, yeah, well, you know... He knew he knew her even longer than Jean-Luc. He, he introduced her to her husband, so... Does she always carry a phaser, or just since the Horatio explosion? It's not clear. Did she know that there was a security alert? Well, they called security, I guess she showed up, so maybe. Well, someone calls, I mean, I think Jordy calls for her before, uh, um, oh, cause before he, Walker Keel uh, puts him to, into the sands of blood. <laughs> um, she looks pretty badass, though, blasting away at that dude. She had, like, one hand, at, she had a hand in her pocket and the other hand on the phaser. Yep. Did you notice that? What was she doing? Uh, she has a mouse in her pocket. Oh, cool. She just wanted to make sure that it didn't get kicked. All right, good. (laughs) She's making a little shelter with her hand. Doug, I don't even know what to tell you. Go in there, mouse. This guy likes to kick people. I only really found fault with Data. I gave it a six. What the (laughs) fuck? We are so far apart on this episode. (laughs) Now, the most we've ever been different on an episode was ten points total. You can do the well, math on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into quick hitters. Oh, did you already do the your, hell? You already do, okay, you do your characterization. I don't know. If, oh, you did it. You give it. A two. I did it. I gave it two yeah, points. Yeah, okay. So while you're wrestling with that, <clears throat> here we go. Starting off with a first officer's log this time. It was a, they gave Riker the intro. They're headed to Pacifica, dude, not California. I wonder if they'll ever get there, or if this is like an Enterprise Risa problem. Yep. Because they really want to get to Pacifica. 
Nothing to say about that. Uh, Spiner sucks, but he makes the real-life Franks crack a smile in the beginning. <laughs> you can tell that Franks is trying not to, but he can't stop himself. Uh, I have here it's Walker Keel, bravest of his race. Uh, Keel has a sweet United Federation of Planets logo in his office behind him. Yep. I think Picard just has plain wall behind him in his ready room. Picard's not uh, jingoistic like that. Ah, I see. Okay, he keeps that shit where it's... That is for Keel and every Klingon and Romulan commander in season one. <laughs> yeah. Who have to have also, their logo behind them. That Kl- also, that one guy had the Federation <laughs> logo, too. <laughs> he did? Well, in Heart of Glory. Also, not only that, the guy in the Jameson episode who had those cool statues. That guy was the oh, best. Oh, that's right, the Eagles. He had the best office. His office he had was amazing. Eagles in there. I wanted so yeah. many shots of that office, and they wouldn't give them to me. Um... <clears throat> Worst face actor is definitely Walker Keel. Oh, yeah. He is giving some bonkers expressions on that opening uh, communication. Uh, So, none of these captains has anybody they can trust at all. They all just beam down with phasers? Like, what if they run into some shit? Yep. Just the three of them. What if there's a Horta down there? (laughs) That's right. What if? They're just going into a cave. They could get their lungs stole. That's right. You know you don't go into caves. So, I, maybe that's why they're only at the entrance. Yeah, they're hanging out right at the entrance. I don't, don't want to go any fucking deeper into here. Just right at that ramp, which looks like something out of Mass Effect, by the way. Um, Captain Ricks is the traitor, right? This is what I have written down at the time. He straight didn't remember he'd met Picard before in this scene, where we keep hearing about how memory is their weakness. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not Ricks. It's not Ricks, the guy who forgot stuff. Thanks, writers. What was yeah, the point I got of real that? angry about that, by the way. <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, he's introducing himself, and Captain Rick sticks out his hand to shake his hand, and he's like, we've already met at the conference on whatever. And then he's like, oh, yeah, no, I he gives a face like, oh, I kind of remember that, I think. And then right after that, they're like, their weakness is their memory. I've had yep. old friends bluffing their way through old old memories or whatever. It's like, oh, so Rick's is the guy. No, it's Trila Scott, we find out later. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or he got her somehow. Um, they don't go too far from Vitalik's before shit goes down there. We know this because they get back to the debris field in like a minute. They're like, they did not get far away. Yeah, he left at warp 8. But I guess it was like 10 minutes later. He just, just long enough for him to have that conversation with Troy. But he didn't leave it full impulse, though. No. Okay, all right, we'll get into that. Um, uh, the Vulcan Admiral is also in the Voyager episode this week. Yes, he is. Weirdly. And he he's, was, uh, Don Alonso. He's many people. Don Alonso de la Vega, number two in the Family Channel Zorro we watched growing up after Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Special Babylon 5 note, both of them appeared in Babylon 5. Both Don Alonso's. <laughs> yep. Um, Hey, these aliens suck at lying, so they must not be lying, right? They're just throwing in people's faces, as we've discussed. Yeah, I think that must be what's happening. Quinn tells them that he was just talking about the problems with integrating new species into the Federation. Yep. Dude, you're not going to get anywhere with that story. Yeah, even uh, even even Riker's like, what? <laughs> that's, that's definitely not what was happening. What? What? Uh, then I got really excited because I was like, oh shit, one of my favorite all-time scenes is about to happen in Quinn's guest quarters. And then I have yeah, written yeah, down, fun. oh, Riker's stuntman. Quinn's yeah. stuntman. <laughs> yeah. Stuntman battle. <laughs> um, 
Let's have some Andonian tea while we wait for your Riker. Huh? Yeah. Dialogue monster or bad alien speak? It's, by the way, could be both. Uh, who did Riker call for that led to Worf and Geordi showing up? I think it was security, but how could that he be? He called for security, but it doesn't make any sense. Well, Worf is the head of security, but does he has he not met the other security <laughs> officers yet? <laughs> has like, has uh... he not met the uh, the tall black guy and the other black guy that always plays security officers in the first three or four seasons? He doesn't know who to call, and he doesn't want to be embarrassed, so he asks Geordi to go with him. He just, wait, can you, will, you accom- will you accompany me? Right, you have to come with me, because I don't know who to call. And those cardboard doors... Mm-hmm. that Jordan gets thrown through that flutter yep. to the ground. <laughs> yeah, they do. Not great. They're fully styrofoam. It's, so it's very sad. bad. So sad. Also, aliens, you can't do better than a huge thorn sticking out of the neck. Like, that's a pretty big tell. Hey, what's that thing in your neck? Why don't they trim that shit down? Yeah, just like shave that motherfucker down. Make it look like a little pimple or something. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. I forgot we're supposed to think that Riker has been got. Yeah, he sneaks up behind Crusher and it cuts away right when he puts his hand on her shoulder, and then he just shows up and forces Picard to sit down. And like, then right as he's about to eat those tasty worms, he starts blasting away. But I think we were supposed to think the first time we watched this that Riker had totally been got. Yeah, I think we were supposed to think it was at least a possibility that he got bluegilled. For what reason? And how would it have happened? It's insane. (sighs) We know that bug is still in its case. It's just, it's a bonkers, it's a bonkers decision. Um, also, the aliens give away the game with their worm lunch. Yeah, but... They just have, like, did they have security outside waiting for them? No, they did not. Like, what was the plan? Well, Starfleet headquarters was deserted. You remember Picard talked about it. Yes, but like, so their plan is to not have security, is essentially the plan. Yeah, I think their plan is just to put one of them dang things in Picard. They 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 brought that uh, yellow shirt lieutenant in there. I assume he was supposed to hold him down. I think that's why he's the first one who gets shot. Yep. <laughs> he gets oh, record record shoots the security guard first for sure. Yeah. Leaves uh leaves the old admiral for last. Aaron. Um. Let's see. Uh, tr- I, then I go. Oh shit! Trila Scott was the mole. I would have thought it was Rick's bad memory. Uh, then they uh. They spill the beans before all the shooting goes down, like Bond villains. Yes, they give away the like the whole fucking game when they think that uh, they've got they've got Picard where they want him. And then yes, Patrick Stewart calling that guy Aaron multiple times <laughs> made me think of the Key and Peele skit. Oh, exactly. Uh, in Starfleet's truest fashion, after hearing the words "We seek peaceful coexistence," they look at each other and start shooting this bitch down. <laughs> they just murder him. Then a Muppet comes out of Remick's chest, as we discussed. Uh, Picard's, Picard's log entry afterward is nuts. He talks all about how it sucks to have to take lives, but there was no choice. Yes. <laughs> but, like, who knows? Well, he said he wanted peaceful coexistence. I had to murder him. He didn't really try to engage on that whole level. Um, nope. This is very on picard like It's more Kirk, and frankly, like, Spock would have been leaning over Kirk's shoulder telling him, you have to murder him. <laughs> Uh, I went ahead and gave MVP to Crusher. Uh, she shot down Quinn. She figured <laughs> she did out the only only useful thing for sure. Figured out the whole parasite thing, and you know she was behind the plan to send Riker down there as one of the aliens. He's not smart enough to come up with that shit. She definitely at least put the fake bluegill on him. Yeah, I think that was her plan because Riker wouldn't know what to do. He put his yeah. hand on her shoulder and was like, "I'm hungry." <laughs> hey, what's happening? You, yeah, I okay. kick my ass. It's great. I get it, but I hear we got to do something right now. So that's who I gave it to. 
All right. I got some quick hitters too. Do it. Uh, hey, Jordy. What is hyperspace? <laughs> it's something we haven't really discussed yet. <laughs> Jordy tells a joke. Starts the episode telling a joke. In which the punchline is, try doing that in hyperspace. And then Data, by the way, responds about being in a low-gravity environment, which is... I don't think anyone's ever used hyperspace to, to mean that, but... No. Hey, we don't... There's no hyperspace in Star Trek. It's well, it's subspace here, dog. We certainly have never discussed it, so maybe Jordy yeah. brought up something new for us to think about. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're supposed to not like it, but I super hate Data's fake laughter. Yeah, it was... Um... Only Franks thought it was funny, I think. Troy, like Lenny, likes alcohol and night swimming. <laughs> I guess that's true. Worf doesn't like bathing. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, and the Sands of Blood steps Walker Keel Braves to his race. Is this the first time in human history the sentence, something is beginning, was ever uttered? <laughs> it's true. It's not very... When I heard that sentence, when I heard him say that, I thought, never heard that construction before something is beginning i um this is not babylon 5 it I, begins no also i was gonna say god so many babylon 5 references for this episode i was going to say is that kind of like when ironheart and babylon 5 is becoming right <laughs> i am becoming you're like oh uh, what Yes. Uh, oh, wait, did Rick's not know that they'd met before? Or is that not Rick's? You can't do this if you're asking us to I pay know. attention to details. It's the contraction at the end of data lore again. That's right. That's exactly correct. <laughs> do we still have lore on board? We'll never know. <laughs> um, friendship must dare to risk, Counselor, or it's not friendship. Hmm. That is a Kirk. That should have been in Kirk's mouth in this side of paradise. Yeah. That's the kind of shit he was saying that whole episode. It doesn't really sound that much like Picard. Um, I had the same... Uh, so, uh, I said, fuck you, Spiner, for your shame acting <clears throat> after his computer thing. Yep. Uh, I felt like Riker when I saw Remick. <laughs> when Remick comes aboard and Riker's like, obviously not having it, that's how I felt when I saw him. <laughs> I'm still mad at him for what he did to Picard five episodes ago. very rude. He ran his investigation like a, like a real insane person. Yeah, he really did. Do you think, Matthew, mm. real question, mm. it was Frakes' idea that Riker can hella jump kick? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He said, well, you don't need to bring in the stuntman. I can do it. Let me just show you a little bit. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll show you a few moves, and then if you still think we need the stuntman, bring him in. But I think you're going to be pretty impressed with this. Right. And then he did a couple of sweet jump kicks! <laughs> they were so good! And I love Admiral Quinn's weird forward roundhouse, where he like, yep. sweeps his leg all up and around. Yep. Oh, so it's real good. And he like kind of he walks at him like he's like stalking him, too, before he kicks him. So uh... Good. Jordy says, if I could see, I'd be seeing stars. Hmm. Hey, buddy, you can see. Yeah. Are you seeing stars? Because you yeah. can see. <laughs> I get it. You need your visor, but it's on your face. Yeah. Also, that's a hit. That's a shitty line. Yeah, Do we know anything about Jordy? Well, he is blind. We should probably have him talk about it. He probably wouldn't talk about anything else. Uh, in sickbay, when Jordy's like, I have to get back to the bridge, it really seems like he's in command, even though Data's still on the ship. Um, well, who would you choose? 
Well, I mean, Riker just got kicked out by the Admiral, so I don't think he had time to designate someone. <laughs> so, logically, it should be Data. I'm just saying, I've seen Jordy in Command, and I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, Jordy's, Jordy's good in Command, and we haven't even seen Data attempt it so far. Yeah. Uh, that sinister shot of Riker sneaking up on Beverly is stupid and unnecessary. So unnecessary. Like, what does it do for the episode that we think that he's a wormo? Uh, and then Riker, not Frakes is not a good actor because he's way more stiff and weird than the real parasite people. Yep. Like they're all normal and sinister and he but he's like, "Yes, Picard, you'll be one of us soon." <laughs> and the other one's like, "Well said, brother." When he should have yeah. gone, "Oh, no, he's no, nah, he's faking." Right. Guys, he's faking. Think, hey, did you did you check his bluegill? Do we know is that Steve? But did you like Is Steve inside him? Who's inside him? Did you did you put your finger <laughs> did you put your finger over it to see if it like choked no steve's in trila well who the hell's inside him <laughs> which one of us is in there <laughs> the one that was meant for the doctor that's right and uh boy the claymation was real bad in this it was embarrassing it's um don't do cl- don't don't put claymation in stop motion stop motion animation is uh not it just uh you should never do it just don't do don't, it don't do it don't clash of the titans us yeah. here in star trek that's right just pull something pink on a string so fast that we can't really see it, and then... That's right. Don't show it up close. It's going to be so bad. Whereas the um, bulging neck, which I'm sure was just done with air bladders under fake skin... Looked much better, yeah. Was... Looked much better, right? Even holds up in high def. So, no more claymation, guys. They use that same setup for the trill stomach in uh, yep. the trill. I gave best actor to uh, the host. Yeah, yeah. I gave best actor to shit eating Admiral A.A. Ron. He really likes sticking it to Picard. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and worst actor I gave to Bluegill Riker. Well, what a surprise! Matt, I gave this uh, episode ten points, but oh. you gave it eighteen. Okay, so still not the most we've been apart on an episode. No, but but different. But that's that's significant, and that. To me, really throws the week in, up in question. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Because, I have no idea who's going to win. Yeah, it's a garbage week. So that's 28 points. So it's a point more than this side of paradise. So that's not going to oh. win for sure. Oh shit! It's in position to win right now. Oh god. So right now, conspiracy could win the week oh, no, with no, a no, 28, no. Oh, which is a uh, real bad. Let me just look and see if a 28 has no. ever won. Of course not. I don't think anything's uh, ever won under the, under 35 or 34 or something like it that. It seems real unlikely. Yes, uh, that, 28 boom. is really a bad score. 28 out it's of 80. A, it's extremely bad. Um, the week that the Andorian incident won with 36, 28 was the next best score. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that was our worst week to date, so... Oh, oh boy, this is scary. Okay, yeah, Matt, if it wins with a twenty, that's my fault. <laughs> and so again, we've talked about this before. We share our scores, but just as a a set of the numbers, yeah. not which episodes they're attached to. So we knew coming in what sort of the high could possibly right. be. My high score, I won't say because it hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Was your high score this eighteen? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> okay, this is a really bad week. We'll get into the other ones, but these episodes fucking sucked. But it also means, what's gonna win? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's all it's up in the air. I, I, my guess would have been that your low score was from the same episode as my low score because it was very much garbage. That's still to come. Um, we shall see. Oh boy, time will tell. 
Well, let's just fucking move on then, let's because this week we watched Cardassians. Mm. All right. Guess who's back? It's Garrick. He ain't been around much, but he's in this one. He's featured heavily. He was in the second episode of season one, and now he's back. He's back. He's back and better than ever, I would say. Uh, he and Bashir are having a very nice meal, especially when you're informed about Andrew Robinson's actor's secret. And <laughs> they're having a great time, and then oh, they're just looking at the docking bay, and a shuttle or a ship shows up, and uh, uh, weirdly, a uh, Bajoran dude gets off with a Cardassian boy. So Garrett goes up, and he wants to say hey to this Cardassian child, and the kid straight up bites him, just bites him on the hand like a little monster. So, you know, they start to investigate. They're like, hey, why is this Cardassian guy with you? You're a Bajoran dude. And he's like, we adopted him. He's a war orphan. Um, I guess Dukat finds out somehow. Yeah, I think that the... Um, we are expected to assume that Garrick told him. Okay. <clears throat> right? Because Garrick's mad that he got his hand bit. Something like that, right? But like, uh, what is what else is Ducat's uh, line right on the station? Yeah. Plus, he mentions Garrick in the in the thing, right? right the right. only Cardassian on the station, he says. So yeah, so somehow Ducat finds out and he calls and he's like, "Hey, we hear you got a, a fucking war orphan over there. Uh, why don't we find out who he belongs to? We can try to repatriate him back to his family or whatever." They figure out that this kid is a, a child of some some civilian leader, government guy, uh, with the Cardassians. And then there's a big trial to find out whether or not he should be allowed to go back to his family. Uh, meanwhile, he's staying with the O'Briens, and so uh, he gets to uh, talk about his racist feelings toward the Cardassians. Like, I'm talking about the little kid. The little kid gets to... It's to talk about his racist feelings toward Cardassians that he grew up with, with uh, with O'Brien, who's obviously got his own <clears throat> past with the Cardis. Uh, anyway, they have this trial to determine whether or not he's going to go back and live with his weird Cardassian dad, or whether he's going to stay with his weirder uh, Bajoran dad. Uh, turns out it's all a political game by Ducat, that he was the one who sent this kid to the orphanage in the first place before they left Bajor, so that in the future, I guess, he could humiliate this uh, politician by being like, eh, this dude left his kid on uh, Bajor. Uh, and then uh, Cisco makes the declaration that this kid gets to go back to his Cardassian family, even though he doesn't want to. But Yep. Um, so yeah, it was about this weird kid and his, uh, whether or not his, he should be a, he should stay with the Bajoran or go back to the Cardassians, and then it, it all ended up being a political intrigue episode. Yeah, it really did. Uh, in fact, that I had trouble finding a premise for this one because it's just a bunch of shit happens. But I guess where I landed was politicians hold nothing sacred. Yeah, and that's not that great. I, it did make me wonder though. What were the writers of Deep Space Nine so angry about? <laughs> Yes, I'm also talking about this in what I have written down. Were they, like, listening to a lot of Rush Limbaugh 
And he was like, America held hostage, day 84. <laughs> they're, and they're like, God like, damn yeah, it. Fucking yeah. A right. Politicians are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> because they've been sticking it to politicians a lot. I also have a Every one. Bajoran politician you see is a real piece of shit. Yeah. The, Even the, the great Boreal is, is a exactly. real politician. Exactly. Yeah, I have a similar thing, and, and I'm just saying this is at least the third time in the last, like, ten episodes that this has happened. So at this point, that makes it only worth a, a three to me. Yeah. Yeah, so at first I was like, oh, this is going to be something about, like, self-hate or the teaching of hatred. Yep, and seems if, like it should be. They, no. <laughs> no. No, uh, they, they leave that all on the table. No. They leave everything about the kids' indoctrination to hate Cardassians yeah, on the table. that's here. what the first, like, four scenes are about. And you're going to be like, right. oh, okay, here we go. This is like the episode of TNG where they have the Telerian kid and, like, what? Yep. How's it all going to shake out? Is he really still a human, or is he a Talarian now? And what's right, and where should he be sent, and all that stuff? No, it's not that episode. It suddenly switches to a political whodunit. Yep, that's the framing device for this weird episode where Garrick and Bashir have to go to Bajor. Mm -hmm. So what I came away with was that uh, it's always the innocent who suffer from political rivalries, which is almost exactly what you had, and again, the third time in ten episodes that we've had a take kind of like this. Or that yeah. I have, at least. Um, so, not a high sci-fi take. Would have definitely scored higher with the first take. And I gave him a four. Yeah. yeah I mean, look. What can you do? Uh, Execution-wise, what, what do you have here? So, again, this is getting old. Uh, it's happening over and over and over again about evil politicians. Also, the first half makes you think it'll be about something else. Uh, finally, the fate of the child is such an afterthought to the cool sleuth work they're doing the whole time. But yep. the writers are actually just as guilty as Ducat and all the politicians in not giving a shit about what happens to the child in this episode. Yep, that's 100% the case. Uh, if anything, they care less. That's right. They don't, even want to, they don't even care anymore after they raise all the questions. It was fun watching Garrick guide Bashir through the investigation, only because I think what you see when now that Garrick's back for his one episode is that he's the most intriguing character and actor on the show. Yeah, that's that's correct, and it is 100% true. I didn't score that in execution, though. Um, I gave it a four. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're really, we're on the same page here, more or less. Um, one problem I had is that the political stakes here don't make any sense, and they just sort of spring on us at the end. Yeah. Why would Rugal's dad's career be ruined by the knowledge that his son was taken in by an orphanage after his house was destroyed by terrorists. If, um... If the, how's that... How's that bad? How's that not a sympathy move for him, is the real question. If the guy hadn't said it with his own mouth, I just would have assumed it wasn't. I would have assumed it would not be a big deal, but the <laughs> right. guy says with his own mouth, they make it... They, he's read the script, so he says, uh, I'd be ruined if Second uh, they found out that that kid... that I left that kid there. Second question I have about this episode. How would the dad not being present at Ducat's hearing when they're, where they're investigating a failed military coup mm. help him materially? Like, is he not still in big trouble? I don't know. I don't know. Because he got rid of one guy. Does he have eight more orphans he can pull this trick with? I know. It's such a long game that he's playing, and you're right. It's not. We have clear. to assume that he planted this not knowing how he was going to use yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's like the only a thing card that, makes sense. that he'll be able to play. He's not sure right. how, but it'll be there. The Ducat's an operator, which 
frankly tracks with everything we know about Dukat so far. Yes, but you're right. It is not exactly clear why this is such a big yeah, deal. So I don't understand the stakes in the story. Yeah. And that hurts it. And I think it's a big mistake to leave Kira out of this Bejoir Cardassia story entirely. She was, was she, oh, she's, not, she's in it. She's in it because she gives a real great look at Bashir after he... Uh, he kind of Cisco oh when he relents. the first time he he comes in and talks to Ducat yeah, over the radio and Cisco go like lets him go do his investigation or whatever he's right and then she's like good job doctor I was rooting for you That's she's it. just got she's just got nothing to say here like like maybe was it her team that blew up that guy's house is that why she's keeping real quiet <laughs> she's like oh I don't want to talk about this but like. Put her in this story. This is just like what happened in the episode. This is all feder. This is Garrick and two Federation officers. Yep. And versus Gul'dukat and and all this Cardassian stuff. Like yeah, this is exactly what happened. In why the is she not advocating for the Bajoran parent, for instance? In the episode with the Tetrarch or whatever, where it's like, why isn't she in this? Yeah. So I gave it uh, just a three for execution. Okay. That's fair. Uh, was there any world building that was done in this, uh, this whole feast? Yeah, there's definitely some. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not amazing, but there is some. Uh, the Cardassians were in such a hurry to leave that they left orphans behind. Yeah, I, ha- I have all my notes in real time, so we'll go over this. <laughs> uh, Cardassian military matters are independent of the civilian government. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, they follow that famous precept about a commander in the field. Yes. Cardassians murdered over 10 million Bajorans during the occupation. Okay. And there was a, some kind of failed military coup that took place on Bajor during the occupation that Gul'dukat was part of. Mm, uh, a Cardassian military coup. Cardassian military coup. Right. Um, that's all the world building I found in this, but that's worth four points. It's a lot of stuff about the Cardassians, and we have every reason to believe Cardassians are going to continue to be an issue. It would be really annoying if they named this episode Cardassians, and we'd had all these Cardassians to this point, and then they never came back. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. <laughs> um, so I have, again, my notes are in real time. What happened on Bajor at the end of the occupation? Why did they leave a bunch of Cardi kids there? We need an explanation on this shit. Then I have, oh damn, we actually got an explanation on this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah, Dukat gives points. tells it uh, talks about how the order came from the civilian government, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and also that he was purposely planting f- fucking <laughs> fucking orphans yep. there too. He was making fake orphans, yeah. for weird reasons. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a hundred fake orphans there that he planted there. Yeah, why would he just do it to this one guy? That's right. He took everyone's kids. Uh, all politics, I guess, is the answer. Um. Let's see. O'Brien's parents still practice corporal punishment, even in the 24th century. That's, a, that's something. Yeah. He talks about how he got his butt whooped. Uh, and yeah, over 10 million dead in the occupation I had as well. I also gave it a four based on all the Cardassian stuff. Yeah. If it was more Bajoran stuff or Federation stuff, it probably would have scored higher. Yeah, I mean, also... the Cardassians it, are definitely the third race in this series. I think but... what we found is that in order to get a lot of world-building points, you either have to introduce something kind of universe shattering or you have to do a lot of exposition work yeah and so you know even if it had been about the bajorans maybe it would have scored like as much as a five but there just wasn't they didn't do enough yeah um characterization how did you think it went the only good thing that came out of that ambush book that we read was uh that was the thing i said about garrick's actor's secret about being gay for bashir 
and I can't not see it. It's, but I, I really enjoy it, though. He, and it's, he does it entirely with his eyes, and it's amazing. I really like it a lot. No, I like it too. I just, I really like imagining the guy channeling that into every performance. That's right. Like, he, if you, he's always been my favorite DS9 character, and that neat wrinkle does nothing to, to reduce that. If you, if you didn't read the book, every time you watch a scene with Garrick and Bashir, remember that, that Andrew Robinson, is that his name? Yes. He is playing this character as though he is desperate to fuck Bashir. <laughs> He just said he, he said it would be a good idea to come up with that. That would yeah. give him some kind of edge in the scenes. That's how he got. That's how he got the part of Garrick. Yep. Is he looked at this guy and decided that he was going to look at him like he wanted to eat him alive. <laughs> and it's sexually. Really, it is really good. And it is in there, and it is perfect. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, and also, he is the most interesting character because he's he's a spy. He's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, exactly. right? So like. I mean, he's literally is a tailor, and he used to be a spy. It is this. Yes, character, in that way, but... it is kind of on the nose, but he, it does make him the most interesting because everyone it, else yeah, is really, exactly. As we've noticed, DS9 characters are, have not been strongly created so far. Yeah. Uh, Garrick does some of the same, like joking and then preempting Bashir's stern reactions, like Quark in the last episode that I thought is pretty effective. He'll tell a joke, and Bashir will start to object, and he'll be like, "I just kidding." Uh. And I liked his line about believing in coincidences but not trusting them. I yes. that was good Garrick work. Uh, and he is mad patient to drag Bashir through this investigation. He yeah, keeps he, having he, to wait for Bashir to both connect the dots and then agree to proceed with the next step. Well, when you, when you realize that he isn't, doesn't have a strong personal interest in this case, it seems like at times that he's going to in this episode. Yeah. Like, but it really doesn't resolve that way. He and Ducat don't like each other. Yes. That becomes clear. But this is not about him in any way. Yeah. That when you realize that what he is doing here is grooming Bashir. Yeah, he is. I love it. And that's too. his entire interest in this. He is basically he's like a CIA guy like um with an asset. Exactly. And he is turning this guy into something useful. Um then that explains why he is leading Bashir through this step by step. Yeah. And uh Garrick is the best part of this episode for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. And Golducott's not bad either. That's right. Those those two are the best parts of this episode. I think they might be the best parts of the show so far. I would say so. Yeah. It's like it makes. It's you... like when Shran shows up the second time in Enterprise, and you're like, <laughs> and you go, I liked this oh, guy. Yeah, this one's. Much I liked better. this guy the first time. <laughs> yeah. I it just you suppose they thought to themselves after this episode, oh fuck, why didn't we have him the last twenty fucking four episodes or whatever? Uh, it is a good question, what and we'll we see how doing? long it is before they deploy him again. Yeah. But um, I was certainly happy to see him. Like in that intro, when I saw him. Ha- eating with Bashir the first time, I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's a part of this show, technically. Yep. Um, even the first one, even the first one with Bashir, where he, like, he tells him to get a new suit made just so he can be there when the shit goes down in his shop. That's right. He's starting to groom him then, even. I know. I, that's the only good thing I think they ever do with Bashir in the show. Oh, for sure. Is that they have him hang out with Garrick. And it, it's, again, Garrick's the good part. Yeah. Uh, let's see. DS9 has a lot to say about politics, and so did Battlestar, so I'm guessing it's Ron Moore's fault. This time, it's Ducat's milking current events to raise his standing and hurt his enemies, like this whole War Orphans crusade he gets on. But maybe saying, what about the children, isn't yet cliche on Cardassia. Because he says it, it might not be, right? 50 times. Yeah. Well, what about the children? We must 
think about the children. <laughs> yep. Um, Jesus, Bashir, it's not cool to horn in on Cisco's official phone call with Ducat and Ops in front of everybody. Yeah, that's potentially a pretty bad move, huh? Like, be cool for a minute. Hey, you're a lieutenant junior grade. <laughs> you're fresh out of the fucking academy. I know there's only eight commissioned officers on this whole space station, yeah. but like... You can't just walk in and, and... No one authorized you to talk to Gull Ducat yeah. on this thing. Like, the the adults are talking. That's right. And then, afterward, maybe have a good explanation for why you did it, dummy. Yeah. Uh, Cisco crushes Bashir with sarcasm like Will Ferrell training his dogs. That's true. <laughs> Keep in mind, you're a fucking dog. dog. Uh, oh shit, it's racist O'Brien time again, talking about yeah. how uh, all the goodness was bred out of them or whatever. Yeah, and, which sucks, but then Keiko immediately calls him on it and says, that was a very ugly thing you just said. Yep, she's like, I don't need to hear it again. So she crushes him. Um, and, by the way, they turn it around because he is forced to defend Cardassians to the boy. They don't just turn around that way. Let's jump to Keiko, and then I'll jump back to O'Brien. She calls okay. him on his shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right, because she is the she is the virtuous racist. But then so she would she... never say something ugly, but, but she's definitely going to make yes. this Bajoran-raised kid Cardassian yes. stew. She did a racism and tried to feed him Cardi food. She's, that's right. What a hypocrite. He's been on Bajor his whole life, dipshit. And, you know, she fucked it up like, oh, you're Chinese, and just gave him a bowl of white <laughs> rice with nothing on it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I, I, that immediately turns around, and Keiko is a racist son of a bitch. And yep. okay, so what O'Brien and Rugal did with their plates is that considered polite? Just pushing it away from you like a big baby. Yeah. By the way, what's and why did they set it up like a meet cute where like their plates clink and now oh we do have something in common. Did we, just we don't want to. We don't want to eat cake. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> we don't want to eat Keiko's cooking. I just. Which O'Brien hates anyway, we know that. I, I just, like, shouldn't you at least pick at it and, like, try to pretend it was okay? Like, why is O'Brien such an asshole? O- O'Brien should, but he's a piece of shit, Ugh, is what we're learning here he in Deep Space so, Nine. He was such a nice guy on on the Enterprise, and he's such he a piece of shit. He was the regular guy who you'd ha- have a drink with him in 10 forward, and he's like, oh, by the way, I have a, per- a pet tarantula, but I'm not a tarantula guy. I'm not, like, I don't talk about my tarantula all the time. <laughs> That's right, exactly right. Yeah, now he's just power play O'Brien forever, and it's not fun. Yep. It's not fun at all. Um, Ron Moore. Real mixed bag overall. I thought the strength of having Garrick and Ducat back in the mix kind of elevated it. I gave it a five. Yeah, uh, I gave it as much as a six, and it is basically all for uh, for Garrick and, and Ducat. Yeah. Uh, they did make O'Brien confront his racism a little bit, so yeah. I really hated it when he, when he said that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt like it was a step back from the self-awareness of, it's not you I hate, Cardassian. It's what I became because of you. <laughs> right. But they did make him work on it a little bit. And then... If it's a battle, he'll always be fighting. Set like 3 so was a real nightmare. Yeah. I guess so. Like, 15 people got killed. It was really bad. <laughs> uh, Cisco is kind of mixed in this one between, like... In some episodes, he's trying to be diplomatic, and he lets shit happen that shouldn't, yeah. and it irritates Kira. Yes. In some episodes, he's, like, all in and curious, but he's really a mixed bag in this one, which I thought, like, it didn't work super well for me. I think Cisco's not a great part of this episode. It's not about him. Yeah, which, again, okay, so we talked about this a little bit, and we'll talk about it, I think, some more, but um, TOS, 
said, we're going to have three main characters. There'll be other people. There'll be Sulus and Scotties and Chekhovs and Uhuras. But it's uh, really about three and really only about two. It's about two people. Right. Um, and Enterprise follows that same model. It's like, there are other characters, but this show's about two or three people. TNG, DS9, and Voyager really went with, no, this is going to be about eight people. Yep. Or more. And we're going to spread it around. It's going to be about everybody. And what that means is you hired Avery Brooks on purpose to be the center of the show. And he's not even really in half the episodes. Yeah. And same thing we've noticed. Janeway is barely in it. And even Picard, there aren't that many Picard episodes. He is more in it than Janeway If anything, they've become more as time goes by. Yeah. And like the f- season finale, for instance, is 100% a Picard episode. Right. So they do a little bit better. But yeah. I just feel like you've got your you've hired these people to be the captains because I, I think you're supposed to think that they're going to be the strongest part of the show, but then you don't use them. And yeah. I think that's what they're doing with Cisco again in this episode. It's just like yeah, they, he's in unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, they do it kind of a lot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, I gave it a six for characterization. Okay. Uh, I do have a few quick hitters before I get to the math. Do it. Uh, Bashir says frequenting. <laughs> that's not really. That's not a thing. I just, it's like he's British in this week. He's British this week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Garrett cuts his pants too long. Mm. So O'Brien's mad about it. Maybe O'Brien wishes he was taller. I think that sounds like that kind of thing. Hey, what is Dabo? Dabo! <laughs> as far as I know, that's how the game works. There are no rules to it, right? It's just made up every time we see it. Yep. It's kind of like in. Um... I think it's uh, akin to the rules in uh, oh, what's the name of the game that they play in uh, New Girl, uh, True American, True, uh, yeah, Greatest American, Greatest or something movie, like yeah, that. Yeah, where the rules are uh, nebulous. Yeah, it does always seem fun when they play it, though. Yeah. Whose idea was it to give the Dabo girls one hundred percent underboob and fucked up alien faces? I'm so glad I have that in my quick hitters as a question for you about how you feel about the underboob. I'm not into it. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not into this idea. I assume it was Michael Piller or Rick Berman. Uh-huh. Trying to make Gene happy, probably, from the grave or whatever. I guess so. He was already dead. Uh, this stew looks like ice cream. Whose pajamas are worse? Bashir's zip-up number or Cisco's very fancy robe and silks? <laughs> That's such a good question. Uh, I don't know. How do they compare to the sexy robe that Picard wears? Well, they're both worse than Picard's great robe and shorts combo. Okay. Uh, so that robe is so light and so open, you might as well not wear it. Yeah, what's it for? It's not keeping it's you warm. It's for sexiness. Yeah, it's just for the sex appeal. And that is why when Ardra shows up, he finds her obvious and vulgar. Because she's wearing like a lace bodysuit, and he's like, uh, I've got it on point. <laughs> I've got it on with? lockdown. You're trash. That's right. Uh, we'll get to that one. That's only season, like, three or something. We'll, we'll get to it's that. Coming. It's a-coming. Uh, yeah, why were the writers so mad about politics? Where was Kira? Yeah, that's what I got. Okay. I gave the, uh, best actor to, uh, Gul Dukat, although Garrick would have been another good choice. Yes. And, uh, worst actor to the, uh, businessman, who disappears after the first two scenes. Oh, the, uh, the captain of the freighter or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, it was nothing. All right. Uh, I'm sure you got some quick hitters. Let's see. Uh, just some stuff about Garrick and Ducat. I ask you, how do you feel about the underboob out for the Dabo girls wearing? Um, 
I know the kid has Cardassian stranger danger, uh-huh. but why does he keep saying he didn't do anything wrong? I'm not yeah, even saying I think his dad like... really does mistreat him, by the way. It's not explored at all in this. <laughs> no, they stopped talking about it. I'm not even saying like that's the point of the episode or anything. I just think it's weird that the kid keeps saying he didn't do anything wrong. He straight bit a dude. Just like it's not clear whether the Tamarian captain... Yeah, abused... M- uh... Mistreats Jono. <laughs> Jono. What's his, right? what's his real name? Jeremiah Brasa. Yeah, Jeremiah, that's right. Yes. Yes, it's... Just like that's sort of unresolved at the end. God, what a car uh, copy it is. It is not... I think that there might be something... I know that that, that guy was definitely a Gul'dukat plant. Yes. The guy who made those accusations. Yes. But, like, why is he shouting, I didn't do anything wrong? <laughs> so before they dropped it, I had written down... Before they just dropped all the stuff about whether the kid, the, the kid should... You know, has he been abused and all that stuff... Uh, this is the episode with the Banar, right? Like, right down to the accusations of abuse? Yep. Carbon fucking copy with O'Brien playing the Picard role, I guess. Because then he goes to stay with O'Brien. Right. Uh, let's see, the beginning of Garrick's spy shit. So glad we've gotten to this point. Uh, the lady at the orphanage played Fleet Admiral Brackett in Unification Part 1. Oh, I did find her familiar, but I didn't place it. I, although I, oh, That's not one of the admirals I ever think of. I only looked it up because she was familiar. I you know, when I'm thinking of all those great admirals. All the wonderful admirals, like Shanti. Uh, and... I think I think of Nakamura all oh, the time, yeah, Nakamura, yeah. and everybody thinks about Nechev. You sure. can't not think about Nechev. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, the guy, uh, JP, uh, what's his name? The, uh, in the Borg episode. Admiral uh, Hanson. Hanson. Admiral Hanson. Yeah. His flagship's the Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. That's a bad, uh, bad choice. <laughs> it was, did not work out for him. No. Yeah, no, I, listen, there's a lot of, there's a ton of real good admirals in The Next Generation. I never think about her. Uh, there's uh, the admiral from the drumhead who shakes his head a lot and, and totally gets what is happening. Oh, God, that's right. Totally oh, gets he's... that this is a nonsense trial. Oh, he's so disappointed. Yep. He can't even stand it. He just gets up and, oh, that's so good. He does a walk out. Oh, that's, like, that's, nope, I wasn't gets here. to give a big dramatic speech and then he that guy just stands up and shakes his head and leaves he's, Ooh, he's, the drum head he's like he's like i hope nobody took a picture of me here i wasn't here nobody saw me here it's got simon tarsus and all oh, that i can't wait for that one i can't wait but i have to this kid uh was a better actor than teenage chakotay this week that's all oh my god well that's listen, all i will say about there's his acting never skills. been an actor on star trek worse than <laughs> teenage chakotay this week <laughs> Uh, Cisco sent the kid back to C Prime. I want that to catch on if possible. Can we start calling it C Prime instead yeah. of Cardassia Prime? I Is that possible, Biscuit? Can we call it C Prime? Yeah, we're going to start calling it C Prime. Uh, not sure why these Starfleet commanders have such broad discretionary powers, but okay. Yep, no oversight. He just goes, oh, so I'll send the kid back to Cardassia. He hates all Cardassians, but it should Listen, work Picard, out. Picard had no oversight because he was always in a different place all the time, yeah. right? And and also, he they picked him for a reason. Yes. To be the captain of what they're calling the flagship. But really just seems to be the Aaron ship. The Yes, but, but it's Starfleet's main ship. Like, they gave him broad discretionary powers for sure. Yeah. In the real world... Yes. <laughs> I don't think Deep Space Nine would be uh, commanded by a Starfleet commander. But even if he was, there would be a Federation embassy on Bajor or something. Yeah, right? they'd like, have the real power. Exactly. Especially in political things like this. Yes, there, there would. It, this would not be Cisco's. These things wouldn't be in Cisco's purview. Yeah, they do, they do not have a full time diplomat. Yeah, assigned to Bajor. 
theoretically, they are prepping Bajor to enter the Federation. This is a criminal oversight. Like, it is. He doesn't want to do it. He let them know that in episode one. The only stable wormhole known to exist in the galaxy is in this system. It leads to an entire region of space that they can't otherwise reach. It's crucial. Yep. And this you is have a this, crucial this position about membership in the Federation. There's not one civilian ambassador with which Cisco butts heads. Yeah. Oh, there's man, not, they could have had so many plots like that. There's not, like, a sector admiral that he's always calling into on some starbase. Maybe it's a little safer, a little farther from the Cardassian border, but definitely in, you know, he's definitely getting orders from there. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, it would probably be Necheyev, right? She seems to be the one in charge It would be Necheyev of... based on her, what she did in, in the last few seasons of yeah. she was uh, always Next Cardassia Generation, where she adjacent. was... She was always dipping her oar into the Cardassian stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we should be talking to. Yeah. All right. Uh, MVP Garrett. Listen, I know because of the order in which this aired, it doesn't make any sense. But um, this station should be commanded by uh, Chains of Command. What's that captain's name? Jellico. Yeah, he's the Cardassian. They brought him in there to deal with the Cardassians. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell was he doing when they gave this shit to Cisco? Well, he. The Chains of Command was after that, but still. Okay, but he's the Cardi expert. Yeah, so he should have been available. Yeah, well, what was they, he doing? Yeah, exactly. What, commanding the stupid Excelsior shit that he's doing? Oh, that's dumb. It doesn't make any sense, and it also won't be. It won't make any more sense when Cisco's eventually promoted to captain, because it's not about his rank. It, it's like, there should be oversight in a position this important. Uh, as as I gave, it to, I gave the MVP to Garrick, he ran the show, but let Bashir take the credit, so... He's, yep. he's the winner. Uh, How to do? I give this episode 16 points. All right, good start. You give this episode 17 oh! points. It scored 33 points. It is in the lead. Ooh, a DS9? That's rare. A DS9. Now, Deep Space Nine was the dog of the first 15 episodes. But they, they, they've rebounded. But it has been on the upswing, and it's now averaging, before this week, more than a full point, more than Voyager. Yeah. So... Uh, if it holds on to win, Voyager will be uh, again in in last place and wins, being the only uh, show to only have one win. So, all right, well, two more We're, to go. For a time, that Voyager win was the highest scoring episode we had. So, it's two more to go, and I am very glad to know that Conspiracy is not going to win the week because of me, because it doesn't really deserve to win anything. No, it, uh, and we were looking forward to it, and it was not a good I episode. I know, that's the real trouble, is we're like, ah, oh, yeah, Conspiracy, and then we both watched it and both went, oh, this isn't, this isn't very good at all. This isn't a good episode. It's very bad. Oh, no. Um, this week, Matthew, we watched Tattoo. Oh, boy. Real quick, was Tattoo the name of the midge from Fantasy Island? That is correct. Okay, all right. Uh, also, one of the members of the... Uh... Oh, no, that's... Wait, is he one of the members of the Black Eyed Peas? Oh, I don't want to know. Is he the crazy dancing guy? Because otherwise I don't know. I thought so. Okay, great. Also that Russian lesbian band. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's spelled differently, but it's still them. Sure. Uh, Voyager is mineral prospecting on a moon. Oh, they said what they were looking for about eight times, Can but I don't think they just cut it out it with the prospecting? It always leads yeah. them into shit. Uh, and they encounter a symbol in the dirt that Chakotay recognizes or at least it triggers a flashback in his mind i think it, he straight recognizes it and i think he just recognizes i think it will it. become clear why when this episode unfolds 
Uh, so he remembers being a snotty kid on an expedition into the jungle with his dad, uh, also known as Admiral Savar, also known as Don Alejandro de la Vega, yeah, number two. number two. Deuce. Et cetera. Don Deuce is what I call him. Don Deuce. Um, uh, he's just being shitty about And Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. I call Don Solo. Don Solo? Oh, I like that. Okay. Sorry. Uh, anyway, the flashback's not important. It's just him being shitty about his dad's Indian stuff. Right. He's not into it. He's not into it yeah, yet. Yeah, not like the Chakotay of the present, who is very spiritual. Right. Um, uh, back on Voyager, the Doctor has a crappy bedside manner. Welcome to the B-plot. Always great when it's the Doctor and Cass. Yep, that's just who you wanted to see. Uh, so they find a warp signature leading from the moon, and Janeway and Chakotay decide to follow it in case it's, you know, Indians. Because <laughs> it could be! I mean, that's the logic here, right? It could be Indians, you don't know. What if it's Indians uh-huh. in the Delta Quadrant? So they go to a new planet where they can't beam down, because every time they try, a fucking magic storm appears. Right. <clears throat> um... So instead, they have to take a shuttle down, and uh, Chakotay sees stuff in the storm that reminds him in another flashback of yet another time when he took his dad and their beliefs for granted, etc. Also, he sees a face in the clouds. Yeah, he sees a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's like an Iceman. He sees an Iceman's face in the clouds. Yeah, I think so. Uh, B-plot. The doctor is practicing sneezing. God damn it. By which I mean he has given himself the Lenorian flu, the 29-hour Levodian flu, in order to uh, experience pain to improve his bedside manner. I think to get Kess off his back, right? But you're correct. He is Data, and he's just as exciting as Data. Right. It's just like Data pretending to sneeze and going, Achoo! Achoo! Uh, Chakotay sees a hawk and that triggers a flashback and in the flashback he announces he's leaving his tribe and going to Starfleet Academy because Captain Sulu gave him a recommendation so what is Starfleet Academy as usual <laughs> yeah um, but the hawk uh, just straight up gets Neelix's eye yeah it does it just, come, it just comes for him like he's in like Kirk the, Douglas in the Vikings that's what I was going to say it's just like the Vikings <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, he also sees that face again. Boy, this episode sucked. Yeah. Um, they find the village, but it's deserted. Mm. Let's see. Uh, Chakotay remembers uh, remembers his flashback, I guess, and he orders the away team to disarm to be like friendly because he figures they're all hiding in the in the woods. Right. Uh, and also in the flashback. Even though they're in the Central American jungle, when they finally meet the tribe that his dad was taking him to meet, they definitely are aliens. For sure. They're 100% aliens. They got weird shit on their forehead, even though this is one of the few remaining uncontacted tribes or unassimilated tribes on Earth. Yep. So I was like, what's that about? I have no idea. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I think it it is eventually explained, but but sort of, it's half explained. Yeah. Um,. Then on the planet, a big ol' storm, back in the present, a big ol' storm kicks up, and uh, Chakotay gets a tree dropped on him. Mm. And uh, the other people beam up. He's alright, though. He's not hurt. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor's flu in the B-plot is 
not ending when he expected it to, but it, don't worry. Kess just monkeyed in his innards to prove a point. Yep. So that sucks. Uh, then Chakotay gets naked. I noticed. Uh, because of another flashback. And in that flashback, we see uh, the aliens, the Aztec aliens, drawing a tattoo on his dad's forehead, and it's Chakotay's tattoo. Oh, what? What a reveal! Except we already knew And the name of the episode's Tattoo. Care. So then Janeway can't find Chakotay down there and uh, makes the decision that they're going to have to land Voyager. Voyager. And that's not a smart decision, and it doesn't work out well because <laughs> uh, they just get sucked into a hurricane <laughs> and the ship's going to crash. Yep. It's very rash to land the entire ship over one person. Do they yeah. not have a mission to get home? No. Well, no. Mm. Uh, Chakotay finally meets the, the people on the planet and... Uh, Fuck me, it turns out that these aliens visited Earth long ago and marked some special people with this tattoo and also with a genetic memory that explains why Chakotay's seeing that face and everything. That's cool. And they did that because the people that they met respected the land and its inhabitants. Mm. Mm. Uh, even though it was 40,000 years ago when all humans were hunter-gatherers. Yep. Yeah, it's not like there were so, a lot of industrial powers abusing right, the land. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, super cool. Uh, Chakotay explains to them that white people are cool now and the cyclone goes away uh-huh. and uh, the aliens give them some of whatever bullshit mineral they were looking for but they despite their advanced technology they don't have any way to help them get home faster <sighs> what was this <laughs> what was this episode about boy we had a, some real draggers this week like I'm gonna have to read the description of the next episode. I might need help from the internet because I found it so hard to pay attention to the Enterprise the, episode, and I found this it one was super hard because there were eight flashbacks in it. Yeah, I found it very hard to follow this episode. Um, here's what I got: respect your traditions because they'll guide your future actions. Kind of a backward take for Star Trek. Normally, I think they'd want us to question our traditions in favor of new ways of thinking, but it's pretty clear that he's like. Uh, he used to be kind of a petulant little jerk, and he didn't care about yep. Indian traditions, but it really informed his entire... The way he treats other alien species and, and uh, first contact and all that shit. Yeah, um, why why are these Indians burning wood instead of using magnesite fuel like everyone else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I give it a four. I feel like it's kind of a weird backward take. Yeah, that's not a good Star Trek take. Yeah. And, um... And boy, uh, I wrote... Uh, be a good custodian of the planet, I guess. Otherwise, aliens will hide from you. <laughs> that is the ultimate consequence. It's a two. You don't That's love that. Well, this is the thing, right? Like, and we've—I think we've ne- literally never talked about this, but I feel this way about Star Trek Four also. Mm. And then it feels like it has a nice environmental message, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we got to save these fucking whales because." Because the whales might be secretly communicating with aliens who have the <laughs> so power like, to destroy the oh, Earth. Oh, you just missed the point. Just a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> you were so Oh, no, close. no. Oh, it can't be for some internal moral reason? and <laughs> Or even for just a general reason about, you know, preservation of the ecosystems or anything like that? And it's like, in this one, Voyager's almost destroyed because these people went back 12 generations ago and found out that white people were real bad to their Indian friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that the reason we're supposed to not do that? Yeah, in case aliens are so watching. So that in the future, aliens will be nice to us? Don't be racist, because there might be an alien watching. And I think, and I, I want to make that t-shirt. 
And that's a, that's a yeah, that's a good shirt. And that's such a weak fucking nonsense idea. <laughs> yeah. But but it's like it's as if these writers either don't themselves believe that they shouldn't be bad to people or whatever, mm. or or they they think that they believe it, but they don't think that anyone else will. That's right. So we have to come up with some kind of cool reason why we should all be nice to each other. Yeah. yeah and this is like, don't do not do something bad, because God might be watching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why isn't it enough to just not do the bad? Why can't... Yeah, I give it a two. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how did you feel it executed on this? Execution. On this all right. Amazing. So I am deducting two points for the use of flashbacks. Yeah. A flashback is, of course, a form dream of dream sequence. sequence. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I get it. Uh, they don't use them in Star Trek for a good goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. It it makes it confusing and it always sucks. And yeah. it takes us out of the present life of the characters that we care about. And it explains why, it tries to explain why they do what they do in a very simplistic and dumb way. Right. Uh, some other thoughts. Bad stock footage of a hawk. It, it looked like it was from Marty Stouffer's Wild America. <laughs> it wasn't it, good. It, it was not of the same quality as the rest of the film production. <laughs> Better or worse than those um, those fighter those World War Two fighters that Sulu was seeing. Yeah. Oh, um, worse, right? Well, yeah, well, it's better because the hawk doesn't change into a seagull halfway <laughs> it doesn't through. Doesn't change into two seagulls. It doesn't change into two seagulls. <laughs> so that did. Yeah, that that right. was a mistake. Uh, and then the big problem, of course, uh, this episode is well-meaning like Mo, in that it doesn't wish the Indians any particular ill. That's right, exactly. But it's the most patronizing third-grade first Thanksgiving take on them ever on TV. Yeah. It's worse than when the Sentinel gets his powers from the Jaguar Warriors. Of course it is. That was amazing. It's just like, hey, what do you know about the Indians? Oh, they respected the land. They lived in harmony with the land. As far as I know, that's the only thing that we ever knew about them, right? That's what if we had some aliens that were, like, really boned out on that idea long ago, and they gave them special gifts and powers because of it, and now Chakotay can sort of half-remember some shit? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and also, it does not come up, but I guess they must have interbred with them also. Yeah. They don't mention it, but that's the only explanation for the, the- weird foreheads, which are halfway between humans and the actual full aliens that we see. This is one of the like reasons... Like, the ridges only go halfway up. This is one of the reasons I had trouble following this episode, because then I was like, wait a minute, are they on another planet? Then why do right. they speak the native languages and stuff? Like, how does this right. work? How does this all work? I had no idea what was happening, but those, so those were just some weird alien Indians on Earth. So, uh, yes, and also, uh, stop with the ancient astronauts nonsense. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. So that sucks. That's the worst part of this episode, for sure. The only reason it got any points at all, given its deduction, is that at least it works some of the dumb shit like half aliens and the genetic memory to try and save the internal consistency of the episode. At least he's not just seeing those visions Hmm. for no reason. At least they explain that there's genetic memory, but he doesn't seem to have it fully. Yeah. Like, at least they fucking try to explain what's going on, and it's not just mystical nonsense. I mean, it's still super mystical. I give it two points on execution. <clears throat> and I was mad to have to give it two. <laughs> so, well, you told me before the uh, before we did the show that this might be the worst Star Trek episode ever. Yeah, it turns out it's not. I have scored episodes worse. You have scored other ones worse. Um, yeah. 
Chicote, as a kid, just to talk about my take, thought the traditions uh, were antiquated and meaningless, but by keeping faith as an adult, he's been able to positively impact many people and even new civilizations. So I guess that's what they're going for, sort of. Hey, um, this episode was extremely boring until it did a deuce on Earth history in a really yep. fucking weird way. <laughs> yep. I don't even know what to say about what I saw. Le- it... <sighs> At least they met some aliens that weren't jerks, which is pretty rare. Yeah, these guys are not jerks. So that there was is that going for them. Pleasant. Uh, I gave it three. Well, world building. Let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. So you know how I do this. There was a ton of Chakotay backstory in here. That is true. Um... <clears throat> oh, by the way, it's not backstory for any part of his life we care about. What have we asked about Chakotay so far? Was he a real commander in Starfleet? Why did he leave Starfleet? What was life like on his Maquis ship? Mm-hmm. Like, how was he running that thing? Why is he so adaptable to Starfleet? No, this is all asking the question, how do you get that tattoo, though? I know. That's kind of true. Um, but we do learn that his dad is not Admiral Chakotay. Yeah, that's true. That's helpful to me, because every time they've talked about Admiral Chakotay, I've gone, oh, maybe that's Chakotay's dad. But I guess it's another different Chicote. Nope, his dad is just an Indian who dresses like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana Indian Jones. Indian Indiana Jones. Um, Kolopak is his name. Aliens are sometimes just like Native Americans in ways that seem very fake. <laughs> That's what I have there. Um, <laughs> the difference, the difference uh, in the shaking on the ship before the dampers went offline and after seemed negligible to me. Yep, Though I don't know what those things are doing. The lights did dim, so maybe they just control the lights. How important is it that the Native Americans were in contact with aliens for thousands of years versus how bonkers it is? That's a good question. I gave it a five, I'm going to knock it down to a four. Okay. Yeah, um, look, it's they're doing something for sure. There's a right? lot going on, I just don't know how I feel about it. Here's a couple of things that you didn't talk about. <laughs> All right. There are still primitive people living on Earth in the 24th century. Also, they're aliens. They're they're half aliens, at least, but maybe there are other tribes that aren't. Mm-hmm. But there is such a thing as Vulcan orchids. Okay. Uh, Academy sponsorship with Captain Sulu? It's more of a question than an answer. <laughs> yes, that's how often my world building is a question. Like, did that shitty kid have good grades? Like, did he... Did, he didn't have to take the test that Wesley took. Also, why did they have to make it? Fifteen-year-old snot-nosed Chicote could not have passed that test, and the psych test would have been very easy. Yeah, think about it. He's he's probably older than Wesley, right? He he just hates his dad. So he, was that a new thing that they came up with just for Wesley, or was Wesley? Were, were too asked, many scrubs getting into Starfleet? We've asked this a million times, and was that some kind of for some kind of special Starfleet Academy program? Yeah, I would have to assume so. Uh, yeah, plus contact with ancient aliens who love using every part of the buffalo, and also mm-hmm. one particular race of people is specially touched by aliens. Good. Yep. Um, I gave it a three because I thought that the whole ancient alien plot was very bad. It's and, not good. And although it is definitely world building, because it goes back to prehistory. <laughs> That's, yeah, we are building in the universe for sure. We're playing around in it. It is not interesting world building like, say, um, at the end of The Chase. Oh, yeah, that's going to really. That's, that probably does the that's best. world building. That probably does the best job of universe building. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's jump right into characterization here. Mm, do it. 
Uh, Tuvok is a violent asshole for story reasons. Yeah. The Doctor is a real piece of shit for story reasons. I like where we're going here. Kess can program computers for story reasons. And Chakotay gets some more exposition, but I'm not sure we learn much new about him. I give it one whole point for characterization. That's not amazing. It's not a lot of points. It's not. Alright. The Doctor seems to go back and forth between the version that was brought online day one and the fully realized person version. And in this episode, he's back to day one Doctor. Yep. Even his voice changes. Like, before he's sick, he's doing his doctor voice. It's yep. very strange how he vacillates. He's extremely inconsistent. He might be the worst actor on the show. Despite the fact that his character is often not as bad as uh, some of the others. Uh, I don't know, Garrett Wang. Yeah, it's, there you go. He might I had be, to think about he it. He might be the worst actor ever, so he, he wins. He might be like when I was in Little League and didn't know I was throwing a change up. <laughs> He doesn't know that he's not acting the same every time. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I appreciate that he's willing to have the flu and see if it helps his bedside manner, but he's doing it to prove a dick point. Yes, to be be a shithead. To be a dick, yeah. Chakotay wasn't always a spiritual guy, but he goes all out in this forest. Dude gets butt-ass crack naked out there so as not to scare anybody. I think he's got it backwards, though. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're not going to want to come out. All right, he's just been—he put his weapons down. He's right, just I think been we can come out now. Wait a, a minute, hold on. What's he doing now? Uh, oh, he's getting naked. Oh, oh my god, god, is he gonna crank it? Oh, I gotta leave. Oh no, 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 no! Let's go. Let's go home. Let's go home and pretend we never saw this. I don't want to see this guy crank it. <laughs> what you do? <laughs> Weird. Uh, Tuvok used to raise orchids. Uh, he's also still bitter enemies with Chakotay, an enmity that is literally episodes old. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Neelix raises orchids too. They're best buddies now. Another mostly Janeway-free episode of Voyager where she gives commands on the bridge but otherwise is not involved. Uh, Kess is still hanging around teaching the doctor lessons. Um, I'll give it a three. Yep. Do you have some, uh, did you manage to write any quick hitters down for this? Uh, yeah, I got some. (sighs) Oh shit, son. We get to learn why Chakotay loves his heritage so much. Because of his nice dad. I guess he's not the Admiral Chakotay we keep hearing about. um, I'm finding it very hard to pay attention to anything Chakotay says in this episode. Is this because I'm disrespectful? (laughs) Uh, Oh no, those bird attack graphics fucking sucked. (laughs) Were the Native Americans influenced by aliens? This is all in real time. Yeah. Is this what Voyager is saying? Why is it saying that? To insult Native Americans even more? I mean, it is insulting, right? It's like, hey, you. first of all, we think you guys are super great, but also... Your faith? That's fake. It's all aliens. That's aliens. They came and It's they all aliens. All it's not real. Your religion's not real. It's all aliens, so enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy your alien nonsense. We will never say that about Catholicism. That's right. Um... <laughs> How did they... Yeah, you know for sure they're not going to have an episode where it turns out Jesus was a space alien from the Delta yeah, Quadrant. they aren't going to do that, but they're fine to do it right. to Native Americans because they already killed all of them, uh, and who's going to complain? We, we called you the Sky Spirits. Well, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Voyager. How do they always run into the exact right alien they need to talk to? This guy yep. knows the it... whole damn story, and he just happened to be the one to make contact with old Beltran? Well, they got genetic memory, so I guess they could run into any alien. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess they all had it. They all remember that 40,000 years ago, standing in Siberia in the snow, where the alien puts his hand on that Is that uh, the only memory they passed chest. down, by the way? Just that and the I face guess. in the sky? 
That's it. It's all Chakotay can remember is the same guy. Um, I'm giving it to Kess, the MVP, I mean. I'm giving it to Kess because maybe the Doctor being less of a dick will help their mission in some way. Chakotay feeling really good about his heritage means nothing to their mission, right? It's not helpful in any way, and as far as I can tell, all they got from these guys was half of the mineral that they would have been able to mine if they hadn't been there, so like... That's not that helpful. It's not a great... And I guess Chakotay is going to have some weird news for his dad when he... Oh, his dad's dead. But he's going to have some weird news for the tribe when he gets home. Yep. Hey, everybody, we have to figure out how to get back to the Delta Quadrant. That's where our gods are. <laughs> also, they're just like regular dudes, so maybe Also, they're bother. like... Maybe they're fine. Ever, like, they didn't give me a hard time at all about getting naked. <laughs> what do you have for the, the quick ones? Uh, we have another maybe the Bible is the real good news moment from Janeway up top where she's like i don't know maybe religion's real yeah yes um i thought the uh, body double on beltran was too obvious yeah he's like mm, make him make him a little bit fit though yeah. make him fitter than i look when i wear this baggy uniform Sli- for sure slightly fitter give him a, i want a guy with a pretty good butt can we do that <laughs> it was uh very nice of the aliens to leave satin pajamas lying around mm-hmm. just out there in the bushes yeah uh, this was a hate crime. That was the last thing I wrote. It Well, it definitely was, again. And they think it's okay because we already murdered all the Native Americans, so it's okay to insult them now. Well, they don't... Here's the thing. They, all they don't think they're insulting them, right? They think that they're... Giving them a great compliment? They are serving them Cardassian stew. <laughs> yes, they are serving them Cardassian That's stew. That's what's happening here. Yep. Hey, look, we made you this great stew just like you like. It's all about they'll, a great yard. They'll tell O'Brien not to say that thing again, uh-huh. but... This episode is They're diminishing. not Indians, they're Native Americans, and check out this cool thing we did with their spirituality. What if, like, so aliens came, and then because these guys, like, respect the land... Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> How did this thing do on points? Oh, no, God. Oh, do you have uh, First of all, I gave best actor to Don Alejandro. I gave yeah. worst actor to Baby Chicote. I don't feel like either one of those is a surprise. No. <clears throat> I gave it eight... I gave it eight points. That's really bad. You gave it fourteen points. Okay, so we were so, still pretty far off, but in totals, it, it is a twenty-two points episode. Voyager can't stop hurting themselves. That's very bad. That's six points worse than their average, and their average has been falling every week. How so. are they doing this? Why can't they make one good fucking episode? Their last thirty-point episode was Elogium, oh, and. God. I can't believe that got 30 points because Kess gets her feet rubbed by the doctor. It. <laughs> it should be a negative 20 automatically. <laughs> their next their next even mediocre, their last even mediocre episode was Initiations. That's the one where Chakotay meets Nog. Nog, yeah. yeah. And their last episode that scored more than 35, and 35 is a pretty middling, was Prime Factors, and that was episode 9. And I don't remember which one Prime yeah, Factors no, was. I have no clue. <laughs> No idea. So, Voyager's been in a long slump, and this is only going to hurt their average more. And, of course, they're not going to win the week. This is the lowest score so far. Why do they suck so bad? Ugh. So, DS9 now, with the extremely low total of 33... It's looking good, though. ...which would still be the lowest ever to win, yeah. only has to beat out one more episode. Matthew, this week we watched Two Days and Two Nights... Great song. Love that song. It's a super good song. That's uh, 
Ten Legs and Ten Minds by Midnight Oil. <clears throat> Why did we choose that? Two Days and Two Nights, Ten Legs and Ten Minds. I got you. Okay. Nothing else jumped out at me that I liked. Okay. Could have picked something from Three Dog Night, but I hate all of their songs, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, you were right, too. You're right to hate their songs. Um, plus, I love that song, and that part of that song particularly. Yeah. I mean, it it crescendos up, and then when it gets to the uh, who's ruling the world today part, there are some really weird chords, and it just it just Midnight Oil's well, on you, and instead of being triumphant, it gets creepy. Midnight Oil, uh, okay, I don't want to branch off too far. Uh, in the late 70s, they did creepy hard rock, and then in the 80s, they just went to creepy 80s. Creepy soft rock Creep, of the eighties, creepy soft rock. but it's still plenty creepy. Yeah, and they will still throw some weird chords in there that make your spine feel bad. I'm gonna make this one short. Yeah, because I didn't care what happened. <laughs> it's tough. They, this was a tough episode. After weeks of trying to go to Risa, they're finally going to Risa. Time for some shore leave. Apparently, they drew lots to figure out who got to go. So, but almost everyone did. So all of the main cast, except for T. Paul and Flocks, did. So yeah. So uh, Archer is going. Mayweather's going. Hoshi's going. Trip's going. Reed's going. Did I leave anybody out? I think that's everybody, right? That's everybody who has a name. Right. So so they're all going down. They're going to do their own shit though. Archer's going to stay in a, a little villa overlooking the ocean with his dog, his stupid fucking dog. Um. The uh, Hoshi's just she says she wants to practice languages. What better place than a, a weird pleasure planet with aliens from all over the place? She's gonna beef up on some new languages. Cool, good for her. Trip and Reed make it very clear that they're going on uh, sex tourism. They're doing some sex tourism. Oh yeah, they're gonna try to get it in. Yep. Uh, and Mayweather, because he's a really nice boy, is gonna rock, climb some rocks because that's yep. what he's into, and he's allowed to be into whatever he wants. There's no accounting well, for Well, he was born in space, so rock climbing is probably pretty exotic for him. Yeah. Uh, so that's what they're all going to be up to. But guess what? Vacations, it's a lot of work sometimes. Don't steal my take. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I got into your Google Docs again. I apologize. <laughs> Don't hack my um, Google Docs. Yeah, Archer, uh, he meets a lady, and he, he he wants to shack up with her. But it turns out it turns out she's some kind of spy or something. some some Or some kind of weird... She's out looking for Sula bonds or something. I yep, she works know. for um, she works for Al from Quantum Leap. She works for Quantum Leap guy, and uh, and she knocks him out in the end because he doesn't because he figures out who she is or at least what species she is, and that she's not like a hot broad that wants to get that wants to get it. Yep. Uh boy. Uh, Trip and Reed they get robbed at gunpoint, and also they get their clothes taken off. And the, by shapeshifters, by sh- they get robbed at gunpoint by shapeshifters. Are the shapeshifters were that was it holographic? I don't know. How Listen, I don't, I don't care. care. Don't care. Yep. Uh, I thought, oh my god, are they Sulabon? But they're not. They they got robbed, and then they spent the rest of the episode trying to get out of some bonds, and they've and they've they got no clothes, and they got to walk around in their underpants. Uh, real good stuff. Uh, Hoshi gets railed by some dude. She's the only one who has a good time. Oh, she gets her groove back in this she, one for sure. I mean, meets a sexy alien who teaches her the language of love. I guess they get. I thought he was going to be sinister yeah, because he's everyone, like eyeing her, and, and her everyone else was having a bad time. And everyone else had a real bad time down on Risa, but no, she just kind of has a little fling, just gets a little fire in her belly, you know. Yeah, Mayweather falls off his rock because you're meant to, and. Uh, he breaks he breaks his leg or something, but then he also they give him some medication on the planet that he's allergic to, so he has to go back up to the ship and get treated. But Flocks has been put in a, like a two day coma, so he can because that's how he sleeps. 
That's how they sleep. They just, like, knock it all out at once or something. And, uh, so they gotta wake him up, and he gets to be the fucking comic relief, because he's still sleepy. Uh, I don't know. Then they all come back up to the ship, and they all pretend like they had a really good time. But only Hoshi had a good time. Yep. That's the episode. Yeah, the end. What's that? What do you think? This is a pretty good one, right? All right, here's what I wrote. All right. Adventure will find you when you're not even looking for it. Wow. If you're on TV. Two points. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's not good. This is the. This is a very dumb... So it's just a bunch of dumb little vignettes. Yeah. Everybody goes to Risa and they all have their own little captain's holiday, but it's even worse than the one Picard has. None way, of them have an interesting story at all. They care so little about Mayweather that you don't even see him do anything. That's right. You see him in the shuttle on the way down, yep. and you see him in sickbay at the end. Yep. Anyway, uh, Archer has his little uh, his little fling, but it turns out she's a spy, and also she's much better at it than him. Yeah, a hundred times better. Because she knocks him out with something in her fingernail, and he was not prepared for that. No, nope. it goes down hard. Yep, and, uh, oh god... Trip, oh, Trip and Reed. Oh my God! We're gonna have so much. To well, say that was the worst part. Of At the least we'll have sure. something to say about this episode. Uh, it's just everyone has their dumb little end of summer vacation adventure on Risa, and it sucks. Well, come on, and dude! It's They've not been about trying anything. to get there for weeks. All right, so you tell me what this was about. Vacations are, are um, <clears throat> vacations are trouble, man. It's just more work. I give it a one. Yeah, it sucks, right? <laughs> There's no take. There- this episode is not about anything. No. I give it a. They didn't one. even. They didn't. We didn't see Horgon one. No, no Jamaharon. No one was, was seeking Jamaharon. No Jamaharon was had except for Hoshi, but she wasn't seeking it. Yeah. Uh, execution. Well, Hoshi had a good time because she went down to work. I guess so. She got rewarded. Everyone else went down to relax, so they all had trouble. But she went down to like bone up on languages, so she got to have a nice time. Um. Too bad for everybody else. Why should I care about any of this? You can't just tack some shit on the end about the Sulabon and and Grat and expect me to think that this was like a well-planned-out episode. It's, everything yeah, was tacked on wasn't. and dumb. I gave it a two. But that's not an execute. Well, maybe it is. That's all execution, man. It's, it's a script problem for sure. Yeah, it's just like, what is this? This is nothing. Good job, idiots. All right, I was a little bit more generous than that. I went as high as a four. How dare you. Um, obviously, this is just a bunch of vignettes meant to show off I don't know, just have a little fun with these characters, right? Yeah. But at least they did try to keep Archer connected to some of the big season one story elements. Mm. You know? But why? Uh, again. <laughs> he, it's just Risa. Like, why does he have to have a spy adventure? Uh, if they had, if this story had only been about him and it had gone the way this went, but with some fleshing out, mm. there could have been a story here uh, Remember that this whole show is sort of asking the question, are humans ready for space? And Archer is not. <laughs> well, I think he that's is constantly being confronted by the consequences of his actions, uh-huh. right? She hones in on him because of the shit he did at the Suliban prison again. Yeah. And also that because he's, he starts to talk about... His, and Because when he went to that prison the first time, he let Grat know that he had experience with the Suliban, mm-hmm. right? So, like... He is getting caught up in stuff that is bigger than him and that he is not prepared to handle at all. So that could have been in there. Like, the story could have been just that if we had taken out. Let's lose Phlox and let's lose Trip and Reed. Please. You can leave Hoshi in, I guess. It doesn't really make sense to be a story about those two people having their own different adventures, but 
maybe you could have found a way to oh, tie them just together. Because, I don't know. But you're saying just because it was less offensive, leave it in? It was It was yeah. the best of these. It was better than Archer's story, But if you're going to flesh out Archer's story, then you don't really need hers. It doesn't add anything. Right, yeah. that's the thing. Uh, I am not de- deducting any points for the sex, because it was all implied and all off-screen. That is definitely... Yeah, there was no foot rub. Thank God, you fucking... Yep. The fetish of these Star Star Trek writers is very clear. Yeah, they like feet. They love feet, and uh, we're just going to have to keep seeing it, but thank God in this episode we did not. That was Yeah. Yeah. They just wake up and they're in bed, and I'm like, okay, that's not so bad. Uh, that's like when, the... when Homer says, you know what's great about you English? Octopussy. I must have seen that <laughs> twice. And then the guy goes, yes, that's, that's not so bad. That's not so bad? <laughs> that's how I felt seeing them in bed waking up together. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, world? The world building. Uh, okay. So there are boy. There's not much, but there is something. So this there is some level of something that passes like interstellar intelligence. Okay. Most of Star Trek, we don't see that. We get hints of it with Garrick, and then more of it will come into Deep Space Nine when we start talking about the Obsidian Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, there's they'll a jump little. Into it. A little tiny piece of a hint of it with the Tal Shiar yes. in TNG. But mostly, and we never see Federation intelligence well, except for the botched operation in Chains of Command. Well, okay, so DS9 again. Then you'll see a lot of uh, DS9 Section again, 31 yeah. or whatever they're called and all that stuff. Right, but they're there to be sinister. Yes. They're not, they're not really there for the purposes of intelligence. Right. This, um, but this woman is clearly an agent, right? Yep. She's an operator for sure, and uh, there's kind of a hint of that. So that exists at some level, even in this earlier time. I think this is technically the most clear-cut information we've gotten about the Temporal Cold War, when she's just straight up telling him the Suliban get their orders from the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get their augmentations from the future. Yeah, he, I, he should say, oh, it's nice that somebody clarified that. He's just like, ah, that's what... Okay, okay. That's I think it's, what's uh, happening. That kind of makes sense. Okay, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> um, But that's about it. Like, there's little stuff like, there is a language on Risa, but I don't... <sighs> yeah. Nothing about the language makes sense in this episode. No, but that's... Ho- Hoshi intentionally doesn't take her universal translator. Yeah. Everybody on Risa speaks to them just fine. Later, she talks about how great her lover learned to speak English, so that's not what they were speaking to begin with. No. So, so no points for, for that little piece, and uh, we don't really learn anything about how Risa came to be this pleasure planet or anything like that, so there's nothing there. I gave it only two points for world building. Yeah. Uh, I got February 18th, 2152, just to keep track. The protocol for shore leave is drawing lots. That's how you decide who gets to go down, which I don't know if that really works. Um, the the way the Denobulans sleep, uh, they just knock it out in a couple of days. Risa is a resort in exactly the way American humans would think of one. Yep. Just in every single way, but populated yep, by aliens. It's, um, I mean, it's Cabo, it's right? It's fucking Cabo. Uh, the language stuff I never try to tackle because it's one of the fundamental questions I'm not allowed to ask is about the universal translator. But then this show shouldn't attempt to answer it. Oh, it yes. Uh, this show dives into shit that it has no business diving into all the time, yeah. as we'll find out when they try to address the Klingons. <sighs> 
I don't want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it a three. Luckily, that's a million weeks from now. I gave it a time. three. Okay. Uh, characterization. Oh, boy. Yeah, what do you think, Matt? Malcolm and Trip want... Uh, they went to space to nail aliens. That's pretty clear. That's why they came to space. Uh, beginning Starfleet's greatest tradition. Yeah, but only if they're girls. Only girls, because they're not gay. Yeah, they're not gay, they, have, they um, like girls. They have such a powerful case of the not gays in this <laughs> yep. episode. Um, I have a theory as to why that is. We'll talk about it. They are horrible people, just pointing at people in the club and loudly saying they don't know whether they're women or men and that they should yep. have brought their scanners to find out. Yep. I hope somebody fucks them up. Yeah, they're ugly Americans for sure. That's like, as again, these are always real-time notes. I wrote, I hope somebody fucks them up. Well, it did. It did happen. Yeah. Uh, There's no evidence that it was because of their behavior, but it did happen. Yeah. Uh, he says we rotate. He's captain next week. Um, that's a terrible save. It's not a good save. But it does describe their sexual he, he relationship said, together. Well, I saved the captain at the time. Now I'm the captain. It does describe their sexual relationship together. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, he's, he's captain, captain next this week, week but uh, next week he's uh, the other guy. Uh. Hoshi really did go down to learn languages, but pivoted to a fuck aliens mission as well. Yep. Well, the guy had a really complicated language, and that made her wet. Yeah, she was into that. Um, Mayweather wears hella sexy climbing gear and doesn't trust alien doctors. Yeah, he's a racist. That's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, in his defense, they did they did, they did get him. it wrong. Yeah. They did get it wrong. Flox is the silly comic relief. <clears throat> Uh, gotta say, Archer is pretty patient with this chick. I know he wants to get his shit wet, but I would have avoided this chick after her first sullen outburst. Yeah, no kidding. Like, save the attitude for when you've gotten to know each other a little bit, you know? Like, that's not how you'd lure somebody in. Talking about your dead family or whatever. I would have been like, oh, yeah, boy, that is tough. That is tough. I have to go, I have to go get, I have to go to the store. Well, I'm going to another planet soon. I gotta so. go to the store. So it was cool to meet you. Uh, have a good one. It was really nice to meet you. Have a great vacation. But he 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 hangs out with her because he really is desperate to get his. I I I told my science officer I'd find her a horgon. So uh, I, <laughs> I gotta, gotta go. I gotta see about that. Tackle that one. I gave it a two. I could have given it a one. In my head, I can see a one, but I gave it a two. Yeah, boy, uh, yeah, uh, Trip and Reed, uh, are the Arab characters from Key and Peele yes. that just want to fuck each other. That's right. Um, no one has any, no one else has any character moments. Hmm. I mean, Hoshi's fling is, it's kind of sweet, but it doesn't really say anything about her. No. We don't learn anything about her there. No. She's down to clown, I guess. Yes, she is. And, um, Archer has plot, but no emotion. Yeah. So, they didn't. They didn't do any character. I gave it two points also. Yeah. They didn't do any character work. Bad job. They forgot around. to do it? They, did, they just forgot, straight forgot. They straight they forgot, forgot that it got the episode is supposed to have it? It got on the air and they went, oh, I know what we forgot. It's been bugging me all week. I knew we forgot something. It was the character work. Yeah. Okay, so not a lot of points. What do you have for on quick hitters on this mofo? No, I've said them all. Oh, I've was, literally so, said them all. Great to know that Reed and Tucker aren't gay and just want to fuck alien women. Uh -huh. Just as long how as they're women. Everyone, how does everyone talk to each other down here? More not gays from the hetero squad. Yeah. Okay. And then I stopped. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I thought that woman was human until we got close enough to see her very faint spots. Uh, yeah, 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 the archer chick. So in, initially I thought, oh, he's the mystery here is going to be like, 
what's this other human doing on Risa? We're supposed to be the first ones here. Yeah, but no. And then, like, you know, then a story would have happened. But that was not what happened, so. Right, right, right. I forget that all my quick hitters now are just in my synopsis. Let's see. I got. I think I have a couple. Oh, I hated uh, I hated Trip and Reed's bad soft suits that they wore to the club. They were straight out of the fucking Miami Vice, those fuckers. Uh, yep, uh, hold on. I did right here. Uh, Trip and Reed continue to be in the dumbest episode of Miami Vice. There you go. As part of my synopsis. <laughs> I got into your Google Docs again. I apologize. I thought they were mine. Quit, quit hacking my Google I Docs. Thought... Archer's telescope that he uses to show her the sun obviously is designed for looking at ladies on the beach. That's not an astronomy telescope yeah, on that deck. He went to perv out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're making yep, it more complicated by putting it say. all in your synopsis. I got I'm gonna start to go back to. I'm gonna go back to a simpler synopsis because I hate reading those long ass paragraphs. And then also, um, yeah, I'm stealing. Is... I'm stealing from myself. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, I'll do the math. Why don't you list your? Quick I will hitters? if you learn to respect yourself. All right. Okay. Uh, okay, we finally made it to Risa. Time for a real party, bitches. I think I figured it out. It's either Paul's makeup or her wig that smells bad. And that's why she always looks grossed out. <laughs> she has a permanent look of being grossed out on her face. Uh, dog, in the, during the pilot, one of the staff left it out and it mildewed. And <laughs> they just she never just smells mildew all the time. She hates They've washed it. it a million times and they can't get rid of the smell. It just smells sour and she's mad. No, it's either that or the plastic surgeon did a whoopsie on her face. So... She she only can smell bad things, it looks like. Um, so nice, he's vacationing with his dog, Milady de Winter. Um, <laughs> You're running out of those. <laughs> someday I will. Uh, what kind of MILF is this supposed to be? Like a trail? Like, what are those spots? I was very confused by that. It's a good question, but it turns out she's, she's plastic surgery, yeah, too, so fake. who knows. That was a strawberry, and that was a kiwi. This props yeah, department weird, huh? is fucking bullshit. <laughs> She's eating just a straight strawberry, and she's like, mm, it's kind of like our strawberry. And then she takes a bite out of a fucking kiwi and goes, it's, we- it's kind of like kiwi. It's super weird to me that they trust us to see those real subtle spots on the lady. Yeah. But they don't, but they also think that we won't notice that that is an <laughs> actual strawberry and an yeah. actual kiwi. I couldn't believe it. I was like, those are, those, that's not, the props department didn't do anything. Uh, hey, if you passed out at home, this is a question just for you, because uh, Archer passes out and his dog starts licking him or whatever. If you passed out at home, would your cats eat you? Uh, I think not until their food had been out for quite a while, because they don't bite me in my sleep. But they would eventually, would they try to eat you, you think? Uh, I think if I died and then nobody found me and that so no one fed the cats for a while, yeah. they would eventually eat yeah, my face. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. You can't trust fucking animals, dude. They'd eat your face. But they're not hunters. No. So they definitely would eat all of their food before they turned to my face. <laughs> right. Uh, MVP to Hoshi for getting her shit broke off? I don't know. While well, everybody else was miserable, I guess. I, I, yeah, I'm afraid so. I like, what else, what else are you going to do? Mm. Uh, I give best actor to the lady who speaks ricin at dinner. Okay. That's the old lady. <laughs> yep. And worst actor to Phlox. Oh, boy. And uh, mathematically, this episode um, did not fare well. Uh, I gave it as many as ten points. That's very bad. It is quite bad. bad. You, however, only gave it eight points. Oh, boy. So it scored um, 
grand total of 18. I really now, like that it was a collection of bad episodes, which we had rated in different orders. Like We were, we did we, have the... I think that happens more often when they're bad than when they're good. Yeah, we did not agree on which were the worst. There's just that they were all bad. We knew that. Uh, no, we had it quite different. Your order was TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, TOS Enterprise. Yeah. That's so wildly different from my order. Yeah, yeah. My order was Deep Space Nine, wow. TOS... Okay. TNG and Enterprise tied Voyager. Man, we really did. We were just all over the place. It is quite different. Uh, as a result, with 33 points, oh, wow. the episode Cardassians, which I did not think was a good episode, no. did win the week. Was that your highest rated or? Second highest for okay, me. Okay. Oh, no, it was my highest. It was your second highest. Yeah. So you had it as the best one of this I had shit it one problem. point above the TOS episode. Yeah. You had it one point below TNG. Yeah. So. Again, not much in this week either way. The lowest episode was Enterprise with an incredibly low 18. 18's real bad. 18 is is very bad. We have had worse. Um, we did we did award 9 to the Voyager episode Twisted. Well, yeah, that's the all-time winner. And 18 to the previous Voyager episode, Non-Sequitur. Mm-hmm. What about in terms of Enterprise episodes? Has there been one as bad as 18? Let's see, because they have typically scored relatively high in execution, and I think an 18 would have been hard for them. Um, They scored a 19 with Fight or Flight. I don't remember which one that was. Uh, Yep. It was the second one. Okay. And it was the previously worst episode. Wow, so this is the worst Enterprise episode. This is the worst Enterprise episode. And uh, although Deep Space Nine won, it is not the best Deep Space Nine episode. No, it is not. 33 is not very good. It's kind of average-ish, and it won yeah, the no, week just because everything yeah, again. else sucked. Um, just to get, just, yeah, it is very average, just to walk through some recent weeks. So last week, the average score was 36.6. <laughs> oh, boy. The week before that, the average score was 34.8. Oh, no. Uh, the week before that was worse. The average score was only 31.2, right. 32 before that, 37.8 before that. Oh, this so. is going to be the worst week, isn't it? Um. This week, the average was 25.6, and I am just going to look. I think we have a new winner. I'm not surprised. The uh, It appears that the previous worst week was uh, 27 average. That was in week six, which featured the episodes Mud's Women. Oh, that was terrible. Lonely Among Us. Not a great episode. Q-less. Oh, definitely a bad episode. Uh, Eye of the Needle for Voyager. That was before Voyager was awful. Don't even remember it. Um, and the Andorian Incident, which won. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that was the previous worst week which uh, featuring Tran. Mm-hmm. But this week is the new worst uh, in terms of average. It is the new lowest winner also. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, when neither one of us give any episode a 20, that's not good. It's extremely bad. Yeah. Um, DS9 chalks up its second win. Hey! So the standings now are nice job. Uh, the uh, TOS with 10 wins, mm-hmm. TNG with 9, uh, Enterprise with 2 wins and a uh, slightly higher average. I haven't uh, done the averages to include this week yet, but I don't believe it was enough for DS9 to overtake Enterprise. Okay. DS9 also has two wins. Voyager has one. Voyager also has the lowest average. It was 28.3 before this week, but they only pulled out 22. Mm -hmm. So it's going down. Uh, This week, TOS, TNG, 
uh, Voyager and Enterprise are all lower than their average. Only DS9 is above their average and not by much. So a real dumpster week. But next week, we get The Devil in the Dark. That is the No Kill Eye episode? That is No Kill Eye. Okay. We get The Neutral Zone. <clears throat> Not right. an episode I remember super fondly, nope. but we'll have stuff to talk about for sure. Uh, before, yes, we will. <laughs> uh, that's the joy of get... TNG, is that at the very least there will be something to talk about. That's right. Uh, we get Melora from Deep Space Nine. I know what that is, and it's, it's a, not good. It's about a lady, it's but I'm not It's about a disabled lady. Okay. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, I'm... Oh, I, am I remembering that she floats around she in zero gravity? She floats around in zero gravity. It's a, one of those great Bashir romances that we all remember oh, so boy. fondly. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Luckily, I get to watch that one last. <laughs> and um, uh, for Voyager, we get Cold Fire. Uh, ah, no, could be about anything. Yeah, and Enterprise Shockwave Part 1. Oh! So we are into a two-parter. Oh, boy. Um, Is that show in season two yet? I believe that this is probably the season one, season two divide. Ah, okay. But I haven't looked it up, so I think it is about to enter season two. Because right, only that one, TNG and TOS, are still in season one. So That's right. TOS is going to be the last one. Next week is the season finale for uh, The Next Generation. Nice. And possibly for Enterprise, I'll have to check. Nice. So We're making it, guys. We're almost to season two on all these shows. Some of them are in, two of them are in season two, and we're going to be there on the other soon. So we're, we're crushing Oh, and, and uh, buckle down. Next week is week 25. That means we get actor rankings. Ooh. And so we will re- spend half an hour revisiting that. Oh, boy. Um, I better start giving it some thought. I'm going to give it some thought. When we're done. <laughs> but next um, week is a mailbag. Yeah, next week is a mailbag. Yeah. So you have two weeks to watch those dumb diaper episodes. But you only have, like, a few days to send us mail. So please... Uh, send us the tweets um, to the account that is at BrotherDate. That's the correct account, right? Uh, yep, that's the one. Uh, and you can always get all the old episodes or whatever on BrotherDate.com. You can go to the iTunes and look us up. Uh, all that really good, all that good jazz, jazzy, jazzy stuff. All right, Biscuit, is that? It? Do we have anything else? That's it. That's the docket. All right. Well, uh, then we will see you all soon. Congratulations on making it through another one of these. Good job, everybody. Bye-bye. Here is a real real fucking bummer of a thing that I made for you. I gave him yellow eyes for no reason. He's fucking creepy, right? Isn't he gross? Look at him. Yeah. Oh, he sucks. He's Doesn't horrible. he suck?